welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 135, which is Godzilla Minus One, directed by Takashi Yamazaki from 2023. This is an incredible film. I came out of nowhere, hit everyone by surprise. In fact, it was nominated for an Academy Award uh, for Fresh Visual Effects. Uh, this is actually the first time since Stanley Kubrick did a director of a movie is being nominated for a visual effects award at the, uh, at the Oscars ad. So kind of an incredible story. Yes, we do talk about Godzilla minus one, but we really use this, uh, podcast also as a way to just discuss the, the direction of Hollywood and where things are going and how, uh, this is actually a really positive turn. I mean, we've actually talked a lot about how we think things need to change. Uh, franchises and superhero films are not the same. Yet this is, kind of a franchise and superhero film but somehow done correctly and it's just kind of incredible to think about what that means so we are super excited about this film uh and we're very glad uh to talk about it so yeah lots of cool stuff uh in this film uh okay a couple of things i want to mention uh i do want to mention that somehow my audio got a little messed up on this podcast Yes, these things happen. These happen uh, every now and then. Uh, just, I re- ended up recording it on the wrong microphone, input microphone. And so I thought everything was going fine, but something sounded a little wrong. So if I sound a little bit underwater, it's because it's, I've, you know, the audio isn't quite right. But you can still definitely hear me. It's just not normal quality that I have my microphone at. So I just want to mention that. The other thing I want to mention is that, uh, you know, we've kind of hinted at it uh, a bunch uh, before, but yes, Martini Giant is working on a major, major project together. We are in the middle of that production, which is probably, uh, why you haven't necessarily heard from us as much. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're not paying attention to the podcast. It just means that we got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so this podcast was actually supposed to come out last week. We were in the middle of uh, producing stuff. Uh, so we couldn't actually, uh, release the podcast then, but releasing it now. Uh, and uh, we may start talking about this a little bit more here and there. So uh, you can definitely hear about it. In fact, if you do want to hear about it, uh, we probably will be talking about it a little bit uh, this Saturday. Uh, we're recording an episode this Saturday, which will be February 10th. Uh, we haven't figured out the movie yet, but we were going to figure this out in about a half an hour. We're going to get on a meeting to discuss what movie we're going to talk about. But uh, yeah, stay tuned and find out what we're going to be doing. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably end up talking a little bit more about the things that we're doing uh, on set, which I'm very excited about as well. But for now, please enjoy episode number 135, which is Godzilla Minus One. I was really happy to hear that, uh, Eric, you had seen Godzilla Minus One in Japan. Yes. Um, but tell us the special circumstances under which you had seen this. Oh, it was fabulous. Um they have in when you're in Tokyo or in Japan for the most part they have um extra features for moviegoers and it's complete surprise you can't plan it but if you're in a movie theater like I was it's kind of like the tingler right when they like they it's, it's the tingler i actually saw the tingler in new york once vincent price magnificent yes and um with the vibrating seats and um we were watching it was the third act and it was like um they were fighting you know the mm-hmm. big ship battle take them down mm-hmm. and it was so it was a imax theater 
Oh, it was in an IMAX too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was an IMAX theater with uh, at Toyo Studios, which is the studio that makes Godzilla. So we went to the Toyo Studios. They have their own screening facility, and you can buy tickets and watch it. And so we went, and I'll put I'll post pictures up, guys, uh, for the screening room and stuff. And so we went, and there's the fight sequence, and it was the the audio was incredible, and the seat in front of me and the couple rows ahead of me was like, just like if you're looking at it, it's just doing this. <laughs> and so I'm shifting with it. I'm like, wow, these subwoofers are crazy. It's insane. And I look at my daughter, and we're looking at all the seats, and they're all going. <laughs> it's vibrating, vibrating, but they're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, this sub, that's insane. What a theater! And everyone's looking around, like, wow. And it's going, uh, and then the panels up above are going, <laughs> and then like the panels on the wall in the screen room are going, and then stop, and and I was like, that's cra- crazy. That's kind of weird. That's crazy, crazy subwoofers. And then it goes to the point in the film where it goes silent, and they scan in. You yeah. know how they they dolly in, but they're silent. It's just quietly going in, and it all of a sudden, I was like, and my daughter's like, that's an earthquake, and it was the earthquake, the seven point two. Yeah, nice. That's right. Oh man, dude, well, off beautiful. the coast of Japan. Beautiful. And uh, that was. On whenever it was Monday or last weekend, so it was like we got out and it went on for like a minute and a quarter, minute and a half, two right. minutes, back and forth. And we got out of the theater. I was like, that was it. And everybody was talking, of course, in Japanese, like, oh, earthquake. But it really hit the coast. Yep. So the west coast got hit, and then a tsunami came. Mm-hmm. And then my wife's you sister guys were on the east coast or in the center kind east of? coast uh, east coast but still it was 7.2 oh, yeah, yeah. it rocked the city and yeah. um so tuesday my wife's sister leaves with her family because they were there a couple like three days before us and we left thursday night and so she we say goodbye to her and she heads to haneda airport and she's waiting in her plane, and the plane lands and hit that other plane. Mm, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And we wrote- took out. We took out. We took off from Haneda on Thursday night. It was all cleaned up. Oh my god, dude! Like so, like you were basically going through the Charlton Heston catalog of disaster yes. films. <laughs> yeah, and what's weird, driving to Haneda on Thursday, you could see the. Um, what is it called? The uh, uh, the sea, but it's not uh, Air Force. It's for the sea. It's Coast Guard mm-hmm. um, hangar for all the planes and the fixed pro- the prop plane that crashed. One of them was the same model was there oh, parked, and I passed it driving in, and I was like, "Holy moly, that's the plane!" Right. But apparently they overshot because you know how the, the the runways go this way. Yep. And then you have these little cut points in between where they can scoot across and get right. to the areas. Mm-hmm. The Coast Guard was on the other side, away from where the people converge. And it was trying to get there, but it, it didn't stop at its designated, you know, because they're doing supply runs to the earthquake victims. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't stop completely. You're supposed to stop at C1, or it's just like a marker. 
and it didn't completely stop there, so its tail right. stuck out. Ah, uh, that's so, yeah. Right, do you know gotcha. what I mean? So it right. didn't completely stop at the sea signage because it the the air traffic controller said, and I guess the guy was tired from running supply runs, and it's the Coast Guard. They're like, stop at C1, and the guy was like, C3, hi. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 C1. No, wait. <laughs> yeah, right. And he didn't get that. C1, hi. Right. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 C, you know, C3, hi. And it's like, no, no, C1. Right. And so it was too late. I mean, right. it, it happened so fast. So it clipped the back, you know, to, and set the whole thing on fire. And then it said, but at dinner on Wednesday, everybody, all her family were at sushi in, um, in Shinjuku. And uh, they were like, in the Western world, everyone would have died. Oh, everyone would have died. Absolutely. It would have because been a panic. And they got would've... the entire 379 passengers with crew or whatever yep. it was everybody out, out. Yep. in less than two minutes. Everyone's because they organized, got their shit yep, together and left. Let's go, jump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, that, there wasn't like, right. I'm going first or anything. Yep. They all just lined up and jumped. Yep. That's and they right. all got out. Yep. That's it's what... a miracle that they got out. Yeah. If, they, if that had happened over here, it would have been. It would have been a Tenerife thing again. Yep. People would have just panicked. Yeah. run over each other, but they just kind of yeah. monoculture line. Hey, man, uh, they got they got their act together. That's it. They got their act. And Dude, their you act can together. eat off the floors in the subways. I mean, you can do that in L.A. if you want. <laughs> yeah. You can. It's true. But <laughs> I'll tell you, and I, this Tokyo rant, mm. getting into the airport, and I'll post pictures when we're talking about this. The airport was unbelievable. And you check, pre-check your bags in, and this woman stands there, and you put it on this thing, and it's like, scans it, you know, like, mm-hmm. a, you put it on its side, it goes, and it weighs it, scans it, and itemizes it for you. Next, please, thank you. Put it down, and then it goes through this wall where, you know how there's a, like, a, a slot, and the slot goes up, the thing goes in, slot comes down, just like out of a movie, and it mm-hmm. goes to your plane. That's all you do is That's put it that. there. And they scan your eye. Mm-hmm. So you put your thing in and they scan, take a picture of your face and scan your eye. That's yeah. amazing. I thought it was interesting just going to the, uh, going through security. They are so polite. <laughs> Did you t- Oh, I know. Did you just, just fly out of Haneda? Security, they're like, yes, please. Oh, please, sir. No, back thank you. this way. No, Did thank you. Did you yes. fly that's, out of Haneda? That's not LAX. No, no. <laughs> Did you fly out of Narita or Haneda? Uh, Haneda. That's what I flew out of. I yeah. was I usually go to Narita. It's so beautiful and clean. Well, everything is. Yeah, it's, I know. But the, when the you minute fly- you land in Los Angeles and you walk out of the airport, you look like, oh my god, there's trash everywhere. It's just no. Realized. We landed in Detroit for a layover. Yeah, and it was a shit. I'm like, it's a shithole. It was like A and B. It was like, wow, yeah. oh wow, complete shithole. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They're doing I, something right. The Japanese? Yeah. yeah they don't, they don't went, let white people in. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> hey, it's a monoculture. Yeah. I know it is a monoculture, it's but here's monoculture. the thing. It's a monoculture. There's we no went to melting this, pot We went Japan. to this market area, the new fish market, uh-huh. and they have – it's all the different fish markets up, but they had moved it over the past couple of years since the last time I was there. And – they have one of those Bolton boards that kind of have a little roof over the edge, and you could just post things, right? Right. There was Ray-Bans with a glove 
hanging on the wall. Somebody had lost it, so please pick it up. Right. Like, where would you do that in L.A.? Somebody would yeah. just take the black free, Ray-Bans and free walk Ray-Bans. away. Free <laughs> Ray-Bans. Yeah, exactly. They were sitting there hanging, like, right. I tell you lost. what. I tell you what. This is the best. This, this is, this is, this, I got a related story to this, and this was in, in, uh, Kauai, right? On the island of Kauai in Hawaii. We were watching the local news because local news is actually the best way to sort of get a vibe of how things are like to live. And local newscaster mm-hmm. women in yes. Hawaii are super attractive. Just a, well, this was just a regular <laughs> Just to point that news. out. Yeah, just, here were the headlines for that day for the news. The first headline was, that uh, a, a a large rock had come off the highway and rolled, did not actually block the highway. It went but through a house. There, no, no mm-hmm. nothing, nothing destroyed, nothing happened. It's just a mm-hmm. large rock, and that was one of the headline news. Okay, no, there you go. That's the kind of fun. The second headline news uh, was that this woman, the sheriff's wife, <laughs> was at the Walmart. And she lost her handbag in the parking lot. And here's her local phone number. If anyone found it, can you uh, please call the phone number because the sheriff's badge is in her I bag. I dream of going back to those news days. That's amazing. Because <laughs> that like, if, if you want my opinion of, of the news, watch Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> That's what I think the news That's is. That's what the news is. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, and it's very depressing, Nightcrawler, yeah. but it is d- very d- true. Double feature of Nightcrawler and Network, and you have my entire opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very That's depressing, amazing. actually. That's, that's pretty true. Um, very, very depressing. But to see that contrast. Yes. Went to Nobu. Oh, I can't imagine, dude. I my, can't imagine how good that is. Wife's mother took us there. That must have been unbelievable. It was really good. Yeah. I must, I must say, good. expensive. <laughs> very good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all right. I expect, I expect great to be expensive. That's okay. I'm not a fan of expensive and kind of mid, which is a lot of stuff that I've had over here. <laughs> what was the thing you're saying? Like forty dollar bottle of wine is shitty. Oh yeah, that's like my, that's always my because like you can get a great bottle of wine. Uh, I don't I don't drink very much anything anymore, but uh, you can get a great bottle of wine for uh, fifteen dollars or over a hundred dollars. But in between, that's when it gets dicey. Forty dollars is not worth it. Forty dollars don't do it. There were nights I would just walk the streets where we were in Ginza and just go to the Seven Eleven, which was like a really great store. It wasn't like the Seven Eleven. The food, no, no. fresh cooked. Was there then, what are they called? What are they called over there? The and I, Family Mart. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bought. I would buy a bottle of uh, Prosecco for six bucks. Oh, man. Yeah. That's how it should be. It was decent. It was good. <laughs> Dude. It's good, like... D- decent, decent food and decent booze should not be expensive. Like, decent means decent. Like, it shouldn't be trash. Right. And then great food. If it's expensive, then okay. It's But it's great. <laughs> like, but I swear to God, like, most of the fancy restaurants I've ever eaten at, especially in LA, I'm like... This is not particularly, this is not like knock your socks off. Like I've had much better stuff, much, much cheaper. It's just the fucking bullshit atmosphere. It's the bullshit atmosphere. Yeah. Like who cares? There is a way of life and something to learn. I'll be honest with you Mm -hmm. from that culture. No culture is perfect, but. Everyone's got their ups and downs, but it is nice to be in a subway that isn't dangerous. 
<laughs> That's a good technique. You took the subway a lot ever since I've known you. Dan. You. Me? I just, I'm yeah. into the movies. That's all I know. I've never been there. Oh, no. You're talking about me, Chris? Yeah, you're a Japanophile. Yeah, I've been there a bunch of times because my wife is Japanese. Well, no, but no, I just... I know, but you, you've always loved it every time you go there. Oh, dude. The shopping, the walking around, the stores, the nooks and crannies. I, I would just... I spent the whole every day walking to the night mm-hmm. with my laptop on my back. I just go to hang out. Went to some cool places. Had Wagyu beef. Wagyu, yeah. yeah. They, there's this place that made burgers, like in and out but it was Wagyu. Well, they have that here, too. It was but so good. But I don't good. think it's the same. It, no. was this, it was so good, and I ate it in the afternoon. I was full for dinner. I couldn't eat. It was just like this little power pack, but it has a lot of fat striated through it. But the architecture, Chris, is unbelievable. I'm uploading... Lo- Photos, I'll share with everybody. Just some little samplers. But holy moly, uh, I want to go back. If I had FU money, I'd get a place there. That'd be great. You know, and a little car drive around. Beep, beep. Just go to the theater, have I, friends over. Man, I got to tell you, like, I've been trying to go to the theater uh, more and more um, because it's been because of COVID, obviously. People just... Can you not hear me, Jason? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Okay, something's weird going on. Something's weird going on with the mic. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, like uh, I've been upping my going to the theater as much as I can afford to go. Uh, and I really forgot how much I miss going to a good movie theater. Like I and like going to see Godzilla minus one. Going to see like I've been just like they're like going to see Godzilla minus one with a crowd was yeah. fucking insane. <laughs> like yeah. that is like nothing else it's like you're just like oh yeah that's what that's what it's like it's so so fun and so exciting to be in a room full of people that are pumped about what you're all watching together it's outla- and that movie is designed to be that's a crowd pleaser godzilla minus one is one of the great crowd pleasers i've seen right. in many 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 years like that's like that's like top gun level that's like the top gun of monsters <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot to be said about it. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, Jesus Paisa is on. Jesus. And it is definitely one of the top movies that's come out. I, and, you know, I don't say that lightly. <laughs> yeah, it's I a am, real achievement. It's a real achievement. And, uh, it's, it's amazing that you can do that, right? Like, yep. It's because it is Godzilla and, and, and Godzilla in a lot of ways has been sort of mocked for a long time as well, it's been mostly kitschy silly. and goofy, right? It's mostly well, silly. Well, the 70s yeah. killed that. The you 70s did yeah. that. Yeah. Because uh, when the original Godzilla is, is a quite a serious horror movie. It's great. It's black yeah. and white. It's a great film. It's a legit right. great film. But they got real goofy in the 70s with those little babies. Like, burp, 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 yeah, burp, oh my God. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. The thing is, I mean, there's lots of, there are lots of goofy Godzilla movies that are still very fun. Like, basically, Kaiju turned it. It's like, these are like rubber suit wrestling movies. I love they're, the Mothra girls. The Mothra girls are great. And Mothra is actually still a very good movie. I like that. It's a good monster movie. Um, and I like Rodan and I like a lot of that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, Rodan I like. You know, um, especially like the, the, the Honda movies, you know, like he was a great director. He was, um, uh, the original director of Godzilla was actually, uh, Akira Kurosawa's, 
uh, main AD. Uh, and, uh, and that like, uh, Kurosawa loved Godzilla and like there, there's a whole relationship back and forth between that. Uh, but it faded into being sort of pop culture fun and to have this movie, there's been a couple of Godzilla, a couple of truly great Godzilla movies. Uh, Shin Godzilla is one of them, uh, the original Godzilla, but to come back and make a really good old fashioned, scary, emotional movie uh is uh is a great return to form and i think it's a it's a lesson for american um ip executives yes like you can make a really good powerful movie and still have it be your monster movie that makes a lot of money it's there's so many lessons to be Mm -hmm. learned here None of which will go through because I don't think the people making decisions in Hollywood understand creative <laughs> decisions. Yeah, right? well, the people making like decisions the in Hollywood are, are not telling go, Let's make let's make more like toy movies and not realize right. that Barbie is not about the toys, right? Right. Uh, but they're going to look at Godzilla and like, oh, okay, well, let's go back to 1970s monster films. Like that's not the point. Nope. No. Right. And and I think that there is a lot to be said about like what we need to learn from this because I don't think they're going to get it. Well, it's going to be interesting because Godzilla minus one is doing very well over here. It made $80 million in the States, which is huge for a Japanese film. Um, And uh, we also have this year coming out the American Godzilla series, which is now Godzilla times Kong is the next one. And it looks no offense to anybody who worked on this and did special effects. This movie looks absolutely terrible. (laughs) It looks like a, ps5 ad when i saw the trailer like it looked atrocious uh and uh like the the drama and it looks ridiculous it looks it looks awful and i'm just like i wonder if this will do well off of the fact that godzilla minus one was good <laughs> because like it did like if this is a bad godzilla movie I don't want it to do well over here. I no, want. I old, think people I'm, know the difference between. They know the difference, like, right? After this, I hope so. Yes. Yeah, I hope they so. understand. I think the difference, right? right? right. So I like, hope so. Uh, yeah, because this is this is an opportunity for studios to learn something. It's like, why didn't our Godzilla movie do any do any business? You know, and it's because it 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 looks like trash. <laughs> like, and and maybe it's a great movie. I haven't seen it, but I'm just saying from the ad. I am not motivated to see that movie. It looks like as bad as the other American Godzilla movies, which there have been, I think, three of them now, and they're all very yeah. bad movies. They're very bad movies. They're very bad movies. Like there's but no the there's... story on this one was so good, and you were engaged with the characters where I've never been before in yeah. some of the American Godzillas. Yeah, like American Godzilla has never gotten it right ever. Um, the the one Godzilla movie that I think is. It is, I, that is my personal favorite still is the weirdest Godzilla movie, which is um, uh, Shin Godzilla. But that's particular to me. I would say that this, that this Godzilla movie is probably the best Godzilla movie ever made in terms it's the of the first one. Say, like, yeah, it's it's at least at that level. It's not like I prefer the first one in terms of its tone. And it's like it's a real it's a I real, like the first one. Yeah, the first one's a real horror movie, horror movie. And so, like, uh, there's there's a couple <clears> of movies, there's a couple of Godzilla movies that are ahead of this one for me. But that's a personal taste thing. This thing is as well made as any Godzilla movie ever made. It's terrific. It's a giant crowd pleaser, and the effects are out of control. It's really beautifully done. Like everything about it is beautifully done. Yeah, and it's surprised. I don't. Th- did people really think it was going to do well? 
I think people thought, I mean, I think that they had something, they knew they had something in Japan for sure. Um, but it, nobody predicted that it was going to be a hit in the States. That's uh that's a real surprise, but the trailer was terrific. Yeah. And so, uh, from the moment I saw that, I want to see it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a, just a way I think that we can approach it. We can, we can go through the movie yet and we talk more about it as, as they come along. Do you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. You guys, yeah, hear I me? can hear you. I left and came back just in case something wouldn't help with the audio, but I don't know. You guys tell me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think, um, the, 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 this something kind of, uh, very, very special about how they made this thing. And there was also a style and a cultural thing as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously the big or the teeny elephant in the room is the budget. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. The fact that they did this thing for $15 million, one it's five radical is yeah, insane. That, like these, the, t- this is the big thing the studios should learn from this year is the creator and Godzilla minus one have embarrassed the studios terrifically embarrassed the visual effects companies too it's unreal how good those movies look yeah and uh unfortunately like i i rewatched the creator recently and it went down in my book as far as being a movie it was a very it's a very frustrating movie to watch now you rewatched which one the creator like there's there are key things wrong with that movie that really make it make it fall apart as a story that are really tough to it's a, that's a whole different episode, but well, the effects not, themselves is, are but, out well, of hold control. Hold on, hold on, because it's important because mm-hmm. that's a Gareth Edwards film, and remember, Gareth Edwards was the first Godzilla. The yeah, like the well, okay, the so first uh, m- yes. current Godzilla. Now, franchise. I don't think that Gareth. I think that Gareth Edwards is a is a terrific director, and we've, I think that, he is. He, yeah. We've seen Monster. Well, no, but that's wasn't there a Roland Emmerich one? No, 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 no. That's a different. No. That's let's the the, the new version. reboot of Godzilla from just a few years ago was was quote directed by Gareth Edwards, but I believe even Gareth Edwards is like the the studio just fucking ran roughshod over me sure. on this thing, um, and it shows because that is a bad movie. Uh, you can see it's like with both with that and Rogue One, the studios took the movie away from him uh, because they needed to make it more studioy, right? Uh, but uh, with the creator, like. The creator is really interesting because he is a very, very talented director. He's good with actors. He understands what a scene is and how to edit it. His visuals are absolutely flawless uh, and super inventive. He has incredible ways of making things look uh, so spectacular, yet so like integrated in the environment. And it's really great that as a screenplay, um, it's missing one or two, only one or two key beats but because those things are missing, I care less and less and less about what's you're going talking on. about the creator, the creator. Yeah. Um, and because I care less, I'm more and more irritated with the movie because it's demanding. It's like, aren't you moved by this? And I'm like, I don't give a fucking shit what's going on. I don't like any of these people and I don't care about anything that's happening. And that's a, that's a drag because like, and it shows like how difficult it is to get a movie right because he gets everything else completely right. Um, but it's, but the movie, it's like, imagine watching true grit only you don't like Jeff Bridges or Haley Steinfeld and you don't feel like they like each other. And by the end of the movie, you're like, why, why don't I, why aren't I enjoying this? Like everything about it is beautiful. Why isn't this working? 
that's my experience watching the creator. It's very frustrating. However, mm-hmm. I still have faith in Gareth Edwards as a director. I think it's a very, it's a minor but serious this flaw in that movie. Will come. I this don't will know. Come. You know, it's interesting, right? You always see these things with these, I mean, I hate to, to put it this way, but like Neil Blancamp, right? District mm-hmm. 9. Yeah. yeah, huge Magnificent. success, and then it's not. Ha- he hasn't had a District Nine since District Nine. I know, it's, close. Uh, he's like an incredibly skilled, inventive person that is somehow missing an an important element in his movies that makes them a frustrating watch. No, he's missing. He's missing yeah, politics. <laughs> like, I think. I think he's yeah. Something maybe, he really cares he's about. Missing, maybe. Yeah. He miss, he's missing personal politics. Yeah, to maybe. work within the studio system. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, but I mean, okay, maybe, but I mean, that's I a know. big, when the studio takes over, you've somehow made them feel yeah. that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And there are Brett Ratner who makes movies with no hiccup. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's a political him. machine. Yeah. yeah it's and true. So, it's true. so there is an art to that. And there are a lot of directors that are corporate for me. I, I've met some of them even, that they're corporate directors, meaning they just know how to navigate the waters. I think that, you know, you got to do something like the, what, what, what Kaczynski did, right? Yeah. What he did is he's like, okay, I'm going to attach myself to Tom Cruise. To Tom Cruise. <laughs> and, and, and that's not like, that's not picking on Kaczynski. Nope. Like, that's, that's, smart. A, that's no, actually, it's it's really smart. It's the very smart thing because he's like, Tom Cruise like, likes how my films look. Yeah. Right. And so he's going to support my art form and no well, one's going to fuck with Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and he really, really clearly learned an enormous amount from working with Cruise. Oh, yeah. Like, like, cause oh, yeah. Cruise knows how to make a movie. Like, Cruise, Cruise is as good a producer as Hollywood has ever seen. Yep. Um, sure. and when, and when, and this is when you're saying earlier with like, uh, studios won't realize what's wrong or why Godzilla, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's because studios no longer are, are populated by filmmakers in terms of being producers. Like producers are not filmmakers. When you talk to about studio execs, they're just business people that are trying to read stat sheets and they don't understand why things work or don't work. They don't know why Marvel's underperforming when we're hitting all the checking, all the right tick boxes. Whereas Cruz actually understands what a good movie is and knows what audiences want and when uh, Kaczynski started working with him on Top Gun, like Cruz, you know, saw something in Kaczynski and knew what he did really well. And Kaczynski was like, this dude can help me make a great film and I can learn from him. And then they made Top Gun, which is a great fucking movie, you know. And so I have total faith in Kaczynski moving forward because he like really worked with what Tom Cruise wanted to do. And well, listen, Tom Tom Cruise is a perfectionist, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, those, Joe, though, he, he, and so is so is Joe. Absolutely, absolutely, so is Joe's. But I mean, I think it's also like if you think about Tom, Tom Cruise and I believe Spielberg were like the biggest advocate for directors' modes on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Right. These so guys the, care about the movies they make. Yeah. Like they, it's, it's their name that's going on this thing. And as Chris make Nolan a good intended. Right? As Chris <laughs> Nolan intended. God bless him. Oh yeah. I, I really, my, uh, I, I know we pick on, um, I mean, I love Chris Nolan movies. 
Uh, but we've 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 made I fun of him when I'm when I'm on my Peloton and I'm doing my Peloton classes. This was I was going to bring up. I loved it because that no one actually made a joke out of this. Was hysterical. It's just like yeah, Have you heard about like, this, Eric? Yeah, no, so funny. Like, some some guy was teaching a Peloton class, you know, like a Peloton instructor, and it was a live thing, and he was mm-hmm. basically talking about how he didn't like. He thought that a certain Chris Nolan film was kind of worthless and not. Good. Chris Nolan's one of the people in the Peloton in class. The, Chris Nolan was in the class. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, that's Tenet. That's two hours I won't get back. <laughs> and, wow. Chris, and Chris Nolan's the one who was telling the story. Like, this is, that's what's really, I was just like, okay, I like that guy. I, that was pretty funny. And it was cool yeah. that he said that. So I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, part of me, it was like, you know, I was watching the, the, uh, you know, the, the thing where, um, uh, What's this? Oh, sorry, uh, Jonas Using. He's got a, a the movie Rabbit Hole uh, series that he's done, which is about no CGI is is invisible CGI. Yeah, right? it's terrific. Yeah, which is Must really watch. great. And he had a whole segment on Chris Nolan, right? And so mm-hmm. talking about Chris Nolan, and they he showed part of Chris Nolan's ex- visionary award that he was mm-hmm. given by the VEF. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This right. is again how the VES likes to reward people who shit on visual effects, which is one of the <laughs> reasons true. I probably will not oh, rejoin the VES. Yeah, yeah. VES. But they give him uh, a thing. But he, in that speech, that he acceptance speech that Nolan got, gave at the VES awards, he talked about like it's kind of embarrassing that I'm getting an award here. It's like an actress getting a Botox award or something like that, right? Yeah. Right. Like he wanted, and and then part of me was like. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I think that, I think that no, because Nolan knows, certainly knows the value of CG. He uses yeah, it all the time. Yeah, but he doesn't, right? he knows the value of shitting on it too. Well, yeah, be, well, they, that's the thing is that he understands. I just don't understand what's the point of that. Because it's like, to me, he sells more tickets. Yeah, that's it. It's business. It's straight it's, but business. it's like crapping on the craft service people. It's but, like, the, but craft, <laughs> there's not enough craft services to buy tickets. Other people will buy tickets. But, to, to, you for can anyone get a million who's, people who say yes because he doesn't use CGI to buy a ticket. So, like, to sum this up for the audience uh, who hasn't heard us rant about this, this is the super short story version of what we're complaining about right here. Is that studios? It's related to this movie, by the way. Also. Yes. So, studios um, uh, who are responsible for giving you things like the shitty CG in the Scorpion King, <laughs> like the reason why that uh, CG is bad is because studios. Um, you look at CG as a crutch so they can change things a lot in the edit in the last minute. And then the CG falls apart um, and the movie, the deliver looks bad. And so you end up with a bad movie with bad VFX. And when you end up with a bad movie with bad VFX, the audience goes, that movie was bad and had bad VFX that gets merged together in their mind is bad VFX made the movie bad. Right. And that gets further focused as CG means bad movies. Right. But they've been doing that for years. years Right. And this has been going on for years, but it's been, it's become so firmed up in the audience's mind that if you're using CG, then you're making a bad movie. They don't realize that. And if anyone has Criterion Channel, I recommend going and watching the making of Lewin Davis, Mm. which is terrific. And you will see that inside Lewin Davis, which is not a science fiction movie <laughs> has so much fucking CG in it. You wouldn't even believe it. It's an endless amount of green screen, CG trains, everything CG galore and in inside Lewin Davis. Right. And nobody says that movie's bad because they didn't know there was any CG in it at all. 
because they didn't see it. But people associate bad CG with bad movies because of studios. Studios then look at this fact and go, well, let's market, we can, it. <laughs> let's market this. Good. They think it's shitty. They think movies are bad because of CG because we made them think that. Cool. <laughs> right. So if anything look, if anything has invisible visual effects, they market it. But what's here's also what's interesting. It's not just that that's happening. And this was brought up in uh, uh, Jonas's uh, 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 video as well. Mm-hmm. If you look at Napoleon, right? Yeah. And you listen to um, uh, Ridley Scott talk about Napoleon, mm-hmm. right? He actually unedited Ridley Scott talks about how amazing the visual effects are. Yeah. And how how excited he he is about them, how excited he is about them, Mm -hmm. how much he wishes, you know, uh, how much it was, uh, uh, they could do in 62 days because of all the visual effects, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the YouTube videos of the interviews and they edited it. So it makes it sound like there's no CGI in what he's that, talking about. That he is edited to make it seem like he's bragging that there's no, no CGI. CGI. Yeah. And in fact, you look at him saying in an interview, he's like, there's no CGI here. And then they show a shot where there's clearly CGI. Right. And they probably picked a shot that was yeah. different than the one he was talking about. Yes, exactly. I right? mean, the thing is, like, he is bragging about the CGI in the interview. Like, he's right. just like, oh, I would never be able to get this with, I mean, we'd never be able so to get this many men. The right? the reason the press or the YouTuber is pushing a narrow t- narrative of no CGI because they get more clicks. Yes. So, yes. so no so CGI it feeds into is this actually, perception yes. that they because like it, like it gives it it gives people this sort of rush to be like oh these are serious filmmakers that do it by hand right and tell that story mm-hmm. when real filmmakers will use whatever fucking tool they can to tell their story as well as they can yes like and like that's the goal and yes. whether it's CG or whether it's not because if you talk to CG people yes. first of all you can tell you if you're reading an article or seeing a video and the people are like. The people that are saying CGI, almost nobody in the business says CGI. No one says CGI. We say CG. If they are saying CGI, they probably don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. Guaranteed. (laughs) Like, that's how you know. But the fact is, people in CG love using practical shit. Like, if they can go out and film film a plate. In the in the parking lot of something exploding, yeah, they will I mean, go and do yeah, that. Our entire <laughs> business is based on reference. Yes, we <laughs> love that shit. Totally uh, done that. I mean, yes. I've been in 2012. I've been in Independence Day two, and I've been in uh, Willy Wonka. Yep. Yeah. Because I just go out to the parking lot and run or look. Just panic. fucking go and get it. Like yeah. the good, the people that are great at CG that deliver the goods that you don't even realize is CG. Like they get it done any way they can get it done to make it look great for you. That's what yeah. we do, right? Dave Three D also mentioned that Tom Cruise is very guilty of the no CG. I think, and that's absolutely true. Totally he true. Sure. He is absolutely on the marketing side of the bullshit mm-hmm. crap that's going yeah. on. Sorry, but Tom Tom Cruise and um, and uh, and Christopher Nolan. Like I, I'm very frustrated that they buy that they buy into that sales mechanism. But right. I understand the point of, like... They did it on Barbie, too, by the way. So. Yeah, exactly. Bar- yeah, like Barbie has no CG. And apparently Warner Brothers is now making it a policy. Are you ready? No. To no visual effects studio is allowed to show any behind-the-scenes work of any of their movies. It, oh, my what? God. It's just disgusting. Yes. 
It's just disgusting. There is it's no made, marketing. Is, yeah. If you do, if you What's work on a Warner Brothers film, because they want to uh, hide, they want to sell CG. the fantasy that this is yes. real life. When that's the movie's job, it's a fantasy. That's what we do. We're yeah, they want to pretend. So, 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 and and they they have a feeling that all the other studios are going to fall into line as well. Right. But anyway, we we yeah. strongly recommend watching these videos by what's the guy's name, Chris? Uh, jo- Jonas Using. He's a and they're really good. Just it's uh, uh, the and he's movie very rabbit hole. Level he's not, he's not the, crazy like we are. The movie rabbit hole, yeah. uh, and he's done two movie two videos so far. Uh, or just go to YouTube at the movie rabbit hole. All one word. It should be right. good. Like to me, really good. To me, the mo- like the most responsible among the crew is Bradley Scott, who is absolutely psyched to be using CGI as part of his tool set because the guy fucking makes movies all the time. Yeah, and he's very and like with Christopher Nolan, and Tom Cruise. I don't. I think he's done a couple of films. He's a pretty good. A, f- a few hundred <laughs> films. Like he's uh, like that dude. It's like the the older he gets, the faster he makes movies. <laughs> like it's amazing. But with uh, I with still Tom got Cruise, twenty more in me. Before yeah, I die. fucking go Gladiator <laughs> two next month. Let's go. But like the uh, but with Tom Cruise and Christopher Nolan, I. I understand the point of view of like this is a this is Barnum and Bailey man it's selling tickets and we got to sell tickets however you sell tickets that's how we do it but the best way to fight back against it is to tell people that watch movies like you know these guys like CG folks are as dedicated as anybody to delivering a great show for you and yeah. when, the reason why you when you see Marvel movies you know that look like shit that is because of the way the production is run. Yes, that's, Actually, that's what's happening. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So, so I, this brings. Let's go back to Godzilla minus one because this actually is an important thing. The CG in this film is not stellar. I'm whole, before you get upset at me. It is. It's, it's not stellar. It is perfect for what this is. It, yes. It's film. good filmmaking. That's it what is it is. Perfect for what yeah. this is. Right. Yes. You. This would not pass mustard in a lot of visual effects studios. He, right. Here, especially the water stuff looks a little funky and wonky, but because of what they're doing in this film, and because the director, who is a visual effects person, by the way. Mm-hmm can see this and is paying tribute to a genre and a style of filmmaking, especially in terms of miniature looks and everything else. This is fantastic. It completely is an immersive experience. Yeah. That you come, you're, 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 you are conscious of the style of the film, of the thing that you're sure. looking at you, you've without seen more... it distracting you from the beauty yeah, of this you, film. In fact, like you, what, like you've definitely seen more photorealistic, high details, incredible work before. Definitely. It However, works. like you have also seen super photorealistic stuff that didn't work as a movie, yeah. right? And this is very good CG. It's not like, perfect a plus plus cg yeah. but it's, pre- it's pretty good cg but it is great movie making yeah like these guys every single you know shot it's in the bake-offs right oh good, yeah good 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 you this told is what me. it should this is the this is the mindset of real film i bet you it will win like ex machina did and yeah. it'll fuck up the whole yeah because the reason why ex machina won is not because those effects are particularly complicated it's because that's a really good fucking movie right that's why it won well, okay. There's like several reasons it won. <clears throat> it was the first time a woman was nominated for official effects award. Well, yeah. There's a lot of there's all sorts of stuff <laughs> in there as it? well. I forgot her name, but right. That's true. That's all. But the but the fact is, like, you don't look at Ex Machina and you're not distracted by the effects. 
Like you are watching the movie, which is what you, which is the primary responsibility of, of what you're doing as a VFX technician. Yeah. Like everything you do is there to make the, the movie film. better. Yeah, right. exactly. Whereas like you can tell when you're watching whatever, uh, you yeah, know, black, me. black widow, <laughs> like you can tell that everybody who was working on this wanted to go home. Like they're like, please fuck. Let me go home. This is the 14th time I've rendered this shot and it doesn't look any better. Cause you guys don't know what you're doing. Like you don't know what you don't know the movie you're making, and so That's we've had to. True. Like, this what you're seeing on screen is the result of bad decision making creatively and at the top business wise. Whereas with Godzilla, what you're seeing is artists working at their maximum within their boundaries. How many That's times have you put out a shot where it's like it's final, fine, done, just move fine, on. fine. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. It looks like so glowy bullshit. Many times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whereas, like, it, with, like, great visual effects, the reason why, like, like you can say that the original Star Wars in the original print has great visual effects, even though by today's standards they're terrible, because the fucking filmmaking in those visual effects is pristine. Like, yes, you can tell their models. Yes, you can see the fucking matte lines, but you never leave the movie ever. No. Like, you are mm-hmm. in the movie, right? And that's what Godzilla does. And Godzilla has way better <laughs> visual effects than that. Like, you are yeah. in it. And you are consumed by it. That's the job. Yeah. I love it. Yes. That's what it was so good. And it just, I don't know if the people are going to get the message, but I think this is enough of a shakeup that this keeps happening over and over and over again. Right. You have things like Godzilla. You have things like everything, everything everywhere. You have these kind of like Mm -hmm. rebellious independent filmmakers that are creating these incredible things Mm -hmm. using CGI or using AI or using different things that are what it takes to get things done and look great. Yep. And they're not going by the giant Mandalorian machines. Yes. (laughs) Right. You're using the tools to deliver the movie. Right. Like you're, everything is in service of making a great movie. And so when I, when I pick on the creator, like the thing that's wrong with creator in the, like the small, the shortest way you can say it is like the screenplay is not, polished and because of that the movie kind of fails however yeah, the visuals are good <laughs> he is like he is an excellent director of actors he knows how to fucking edit and put together a shoot and shoot a scene and his sense of visuals is beyond anybody else by a million miles like mm. the guy is a visionary gareth approach edwards. gareth edwards yeah. yeah right he i really think that he needs to work with better screenwriters to re- rewrite his stuff excuse his, me his screenwriting is not up to the rest of his work and that's where he's struggling however right. if you if he put his skills as a director with actors skills as a director um with uh as uh working with editors and his visual skills onto a screenplay that was like Blade Runner quality, you would have a new classic science fiction film. What do you think's holding him back then? He, he needs, he needs a screenwriter. Like he, I think he wrote the creator himself or with one other person and the screenplay has basic faults that kill it. And it's just the way it is. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work. And that's why, that's why the movie was hurt. However, that doesn't mean the movie is bad. It just means the movie is very frustrating the visual visually, however, it's one of the best things I've seen in 20, 30 years. And it was $60 million. It looks like it's $400 million and it's $60 million. It's astonishing to look at. And, uh, he should be extremely proud. It's an, it's an extremely, extremely good movie, uh, experience, even though it's uneven. Well, hmm. you know, it's kind of ridiculous that movies cost as much as they do. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, yeah, it's insane. 
Well, he spent most of his money uh, going to places to shoot, right? Gareth was uh, like going, going to whatever the Philippines, going to or Thailand or whatever it was, uh, going shooting in the real world in real places and letting that be the production value. Then I'm designing the visuals around these things and integrating the visuals with the natural landscape and the real buildings that are here. And so it looks a hundred times better than anything that, uh, that Marvel has ever made. Whereas Marvel, man, it's like, how many fights at an airport can you have? <laughs> like, like, it's just ridiculous. Let's have a fight on a giant concrete tarmac again. You know, meanwhile, you look at the creator. I it's just really think we should do a podcast where we focus exactly what you're talking about, but um, go and pick a representative film that, like, Towering Inferno, mm-hmm. and then for the 80s, a representative, seat, you know, um, film. Mm-hmm. And we do four, or, to, or at least back to the 2000s. A few films, and how do they hold up? And is it important to, like, stealth? Other yeah. things. Is it important to have great visuals? Mm-hmm. And stealth because have great visuals. No, but the point is, it was just, it was a, with a director... That I liked, but he mm-hmm. didn't understand CG as far as I could tell. Yeah. And, and but the point is, <laughs> it was just the studio's vision was to have something sexy and not worry about the story. Right. But at the end, a lot of that stuff hold up. Flash Gordon. We did do Flash I Gordon, look, actually. <laughs> I look at some of these movies that like I was part of, or and so much of the stuff doesn't hold up. Not just story-wise, but visually. Yep. So then you have to reassess, like... You know, do we have to make every reflection perfect? Like Speed Racer. Is that is that contributing to the oh, movie? Oh, the Speed Racer problem is hilarious. Right. That's a really good right. example of like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like these, these, like, is it really, I mean, like the thing is like, I love when there's uh crazy detail or weird little flourishes that you can discover. It should be the last thing I notice. It should absolutely be the last thing I notice. I should be watching a movie and be swept up in the movie and then 30, 30, viewings later i go oh shit did you notice the little thing they did that's crazy it's there's i don't do okay so i strongly believe that it is a there there's a there you're absolutely right eric there's a there's a way that certain people get so caught up in the it needs to be it, it, unless i pixel fuck the shit out of it it's not going to be perfect sure. right and for example, on day after tomorrow, the VFX supervisor, you know, was having us do turntables of hailstones. <laughs> you, yeah. you realize that those right. are going to be on screen very briefly. <laughs> right. And motion blurred to hell. Right. Exactly. Right. And so that was like, oh, you know, we, de-, and I was like, that, because her belief was that, you know, I, unless this is all fucking crazy pixel fucked, I'm not, I, ne- I need to do this to get nominated for an Oscar. Right. And realizing that she, you know, she didn't have an eye that was good. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was the only thing that she could do. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not correct. And you look at this, look at this film. Like, look yeah. how much she got away with. Yeah. Like, that is knowing what your movie is, man. Like, like the, first of all, the design overall, uh, the architecture of Godzilla Menace one is excellent because, uh, on both the physical production side and the CG side, it's very, very tightly constructed like they know they only have so much budget for cg so they spend most of their time building up to 
a great big scene and then they make a really tight, very thrilling, like knock your socks off event. And then they bring it back down to the physical real world again. The and physical, but that's the thing, right? The is physical, they, the physical real world, world is, is rich with character. Well, that's, but that's what, like, they, they don't like the thing is like when that's they're doing the physical world do. story. <laughs> yeah. The, when they're doing the physical world story, they're easier, either using, uh, like great production value from very real places or they have very limited, but beautifully constructed sets like the, uh, firebombing of Tokyo set, which they use a hell of a lot of. Yeah. And then they put in that set good actors and great drama. And so you're watching something you want to watch. Like if you didn't have Godzilla attack on that movie, you're still watching a good movie. Right. Right. So everything is like, like, uh, I mean, the movie is $15 million because there's VFX. Well, if you take out the VFX and you take out the Godzilla, then you're watching a $1 million movie. That's a really good movie. Right. And that's being the, because like, that's what makes it a great monster movie. It isn't the CG on Godzilla. That's the icing on the cake. It's the fact that by the time that you get to the Godzilla scene, you give a shit about what's happening. Mm. Well, that's it. It's about character <laughs> development. It's that's about, what I'm saying. It's about that guy, right? Yeah. Like you struggle. care about this dude. You care about his struggle. You care about what is happening. And then Godzilla attacks and you're like, oh my God. And you're invested. That's what the movie is. Right. It's not wowing you with CG. It's just delivering what it promised. Well, I think they're also confusing, it, 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 uh, confusing, ahead, it, confusing it with, I think maybe some of the shifts that are happening and executives look at it's the rise of video games so they're looking at that saying the visuals here because they don't understand the story aspect of the video games maybe mm-hmm. and we have to compete with those kind of strong visuals in that world right. and so they just say let's do it this way right when when in fact like video games triple a video games uh, are struggling because triple a video games just like with avengers movies are starting to all look the same because they're all using the same engine and all aiming at photorealism and having no actual or artistic design or real game design or story writing. And the ones that are doing really, really well are indie things that spend all of their time on good storytelling, good writing and great game design. Like, I mean, the, the, the game of the year this year was Baldur's Gate three, which is an independent game. Like it's an incredibly deeply written, like monstrously large game, right. Made by an indie studio. Uh, and they took years and years to make it because they're small as opposed to like whatever, you know, when Grand Theft Auto six comes out, that that game is going to cost nearly a billion dollars. That's so nuts. Yeah. I mean, it may be a great game. I don't know. They'll 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 make that money back, but they'll make that and they'll make that money back for sure. But like the amount of craft that, uh, in order for the game to be good, you must put in the work. And most games don't do that. Most triple A games don't do that. Most triple A movies don't do that. That's why they suffer at the box office now. Huh? Now you look at what, like you look at Disney's run this year. <clears throat> Disney's run is legendarily bad this year. It's the, Every, it's unbelievable. This is their hundredth year in business, and it's the worst year of business they've ever ever had. You know, Every, it's ironic. It's like last year, Bob Iger's biography came out. Yeah, it's like what a wonderful ride! Is yeah. what a crazy ride or something like what that. What a crazy like, ride! Yeah. I was like, oh, this title. He that, should have that, just that retired. Is, it's like, yeah, 
Yeah, dude. Uh, sad, sad, sad. Like sad. all of that stuff they turned out, it like is I such. I really thought that he was. I thought he was brighter than that, but I yes, don't know. so did I. I'm trying to say, yeah. but like because the like I I'm one of the sole defenders of uh, the new Indiana Jones movie as a I like pro- it. Yeah, it's a pretty good little movie. It should not have cost nearly four hundred million dollars. Really? I mean, well, three hundred fifty, something like that, right? I'm just like. That's a sweet little movie. Like, it's a it's a pretty good story that riffs on Raiders of the Lost Ark and has a great central performance, and it's very likable. It's a very nice... I'm glad that I saw it. I saw it a couple of times, and I thought it was good. I'm, I'm, I was happier with that than the other indie movies. I was like, this is a perfectly good little coda. It's now obviously not going to be ever as good as Raiders. than the Crystal Skull. Yeah, like, I, I'm not a big fan of mm. the movies in between Raiders and this. They're like, there are a couple, they have great scene, scenes, but they're not particularly great movies, even though Spielberg, you know, Spielberg directs the hell out of some of the scenes in those movies, but they're not great movies. I like movies. Crusade. Crusade's pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. But, like, this is a, this is like a good little TV movie that you go, oh, that was nice, unexpectedly nice. But for 350 million bucks, well, who the fuck was running the ship on that thing? Like, good lord. How did that People how did, who don't want to say no. They just want to climb the ranks. That's wild. You compare the you compare the gratification, like the happiness factor of walking into the theater of that movie versus the happiness factor of walking out of Godzilla minus one. Right. I liked Godzilla minus one better, and it cost three hundred and thirty five million dollars less <laughs> like that's pretty wild yeah that's pretty that wild insane okay who uh we're I, I think we need to go through the story even though this movie is still in theaters this is rare mm-hmm. that we do movies that are still in theaters but we're going to go over the plot of this because i think it's critical the character development on this was fabulous that's yeah, true um and not necessarily you know a complicated thing. It's pretty straightforward, but really yeah, well it's done. Good, good emotions. Good, good emotional emotions. stuff. Right. Who in the chat has not seen it? Just to let us know. But we're gonna we're gonna dive into this. Uh, and apologies if you have <laughs> seen it yet, but it's really good. Eric, do you want to start us off? Where does this movie start? Like, how's it? How's don't the, how's, start us. Don't have me start off. Don't I'm, have you start off. Okay, you take no, have you, you take it this time, Chris. I will. I will, yeah. I will do the beginning part, and okay. you guys. Right. So it starts off world. World War Two, end of World War Two, very end of World War Two, mm. right? And a pilot lands on this small island, right? And he is. It turns out that he is a kamikaze pilot, mm-hmm. and he said something's wrong with his plane. Nothing's wrong with his plane. Nothing's wrong with his plane. <laughs> the mm-hmm. island is an island where kamikaze pilots get their planes fixed, the mechanics. Yep. Right. They get angry at him, realizing he probably just didn't go through with his mission. Right. He didn't have the courage to to die in his mission. To so die in his mission. He right? made up something, and now he's, he's Which there. also has, you know, you can sense the Japanese, the great shame of yeah. cowardice. Yeah, right. right? It's very shameful. Very, very shameful what he did. Thanks for coming, Dave. He has to bow because he doesn't want any spoilers. I understand. Thanks very uh, much. <laughs> Mm. Uh, and, uh, and he is very ashamed by what, what he had done or, but he doesn't admit it either. Right. Um, and he, uh, he then, uh, <coughs> uh, um, the, the, the lead mechanic is kind of questioning him, like sort of looking at him cockeyed. Right. 
And then as they're on the island and he sort of, uh, ice walks off uh, at night, uh, he hears the noise, right? And there was a big Godzilla attack, except not. He big. notices fish first though. Oh, right. The fish. Thank you. Uh, he notices a bunch of fish mm-hmm. that are, uh, uh, rising. Now, I don't know. Have you, I don't know. You guys don't know much about deep sea fishing, but that the fish with their, 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 uh, little swim bladders sticking, sticking out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you take a fish from very deep water and you bring them up to the surface very quickly. Their, their swim bladders swell up like that. Right. So, uh, that's, that's, that was a very specific look to it. So those are deep water fish that have died suddenly. <laughs> Uh, and are surfaced up. Um, and so he sees those fish, a bunch of those fish, uh, out there. And then there's a Godzilla attack. Now, the thing that's interesting is that the Godzilla was not particularly, he was a big, but not the size of Godzilla. That's like, he's like little Godzilla. He's like little Godzilla. <laughs> right. Right. He's very big. He's, very he's more big. like, dino- he's dinosaur big. He's dinosaur big, not yeah. Godzilla big. Right. Yeah. And he is, uh, attacking people. People are trying to run away. And then he, the, uh, our pilot is kind of cowarding. And one of the mechanics says, you go to your, go to your airplane and use the 20 millimeter gun, right? Yeah. Because that's the only gun that it, that can do anything. Right. And he doesn't want to go <laughs> because there's a Godzilla attack, but he does go. Mm-hmm. And then when Godzilla is in his sights where he can shoot him, he freezes and doesn't <laughs> kill him. He fails again. He fails again. The and shame Godzilla is tremendous. Godzilla yes. stomps on a bunch of people and kills them. Kills everybody. Kills everyone. <laughs> and he survives on his airplane, but no one else lives except for him and the mechanic pretty much. Like there are mm-hmm. only two people left alive. And the mechanic is like, you killed them all. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really like horrific. Like the guy's like uh, the shame of what he's done, right? Right. Right. Really, really bad. So he ends up leaving and goes back to his town. Yep. Which is leveled. Leveled from the war. Absolutely destroyed by the war. If anyone uh, wants to know, I mean, everyone's very familiar, obviously, with uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But if you don't know about, say, the firebombing of Tokyo, which Mm. is arguably even worse than either Hiroshima or Nagasaki, that is something you might want to look up before you see this movie because it has a deep connection here. It's very sad. Very sad. Totally horrific. And Mm -hmm. uh, his neighbor... He goes to his house, his where his house is, and he sees his neighbor, and his ha- he says, "Where is my mother and father?" And the neighbor tells him, "They died, <laughs> as did my kids." Yep, as did sixty yeah, percent of everybody. What are you doing here? Aren't you a yeah, kamikaze? I thought pilot? you were a kamikaze pilot, and you're not dead. <laughs> and you're not, yeah, right. So basically, again. You he have is. failed to protect this. This is why they're dead. Is yeah. the theme right? Right. And really. so this dude is. This guy is guilt ridden. Yeah, horribly and, so. Uh, serious outcast. Yes. No. Yeah. Setting up the emotional goals of the film. Right. Like this guy needs to um, 
uh, make that right in his heart. That's what his, that's what the movie is setting up. Like well, he's got the, he needs forgiveness. He doesn't even need he he is he doesn't realize it yet though. Yes. He doesn't real right. exactly. Okay. Right. He doesn't realize it yet. He doesn't even tr- he doesn't try to redeem. He's himself. just he's just totally traumatized he's at just, this point. He's trying yeah. to just survive yeah. even with his own shame. Right. <laughs> right. He just yeah just trying to make it day to day. Day to day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Day to day. Uh, and then yeah. there's a a uh, he sees a. Baby. Well, no, no. He sees a, he's in a market, right? He's in a market. Yep. And there's a woman running. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause she, I guess she stole something or did something. Right. Right. And she bumps into him, hands him a baby and runs away. <laughs> hands him a baby and runs away. And he's left taking care of this baby till she gets back and she's not coming he's back. He's looking around. Where is she? Like, Where is she? She's not getting back. She's not getting on. back. And so he starts walking away with this baby, and she's been waiting around the corner the whole time mm-hmm. for him. It's like, it's about time you got here. Mm-hmm. It's like, why didn't you guys, like, I'm not going to go out in public. I'll get caught. <laughs> I'll get caught. <laughs> Good job taking so, care of the baby. <laughs> and, then it, and, then, and then he says, and it turns out it's not her baby either. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, just another orphan. It's another orphan, right? Mm-hmm. And it was some people that, that were uh, handed her a baby and then hurt a baby, asked her to take care of it, and then they got killed. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a there's a baby and a man and a woman, <laughs> but none of them are related to each other. And they end up living together. They end up living together. All, yes. all yeah, all three of them. Right. And uh, it's this weird little, you know, formed family. And the neighbor is like. Yeah, wait, none of them are related? <laughs> yeah, like, and the neighbor re- totally resents him and fucking hates his ass, yeah, the but, neighbor like, hates but him. still helps because of the baby. Because of the baby. Yeah. I, I like, love the neighbor. The neighbor character is one of my favorite characters in the movie. I think she's absolutely fucking She's perfect. really great. Yeah, she's really she's great because she's, she's not, even though she's angry at him, she's morally responsible. Yes. Right. Right. She's like, but, you can't just leave this poor baby to fucking hang. Like, I will, I will take care of that. I will help you take care of the baby. God damn it. The baby's adorable. The baby's adorable. First, uh, baby, a baby like, talking about as making a ta- right as a story choices, man. You got like you, you got you got like you got the main character suffering horrible guilt and trauma. You got the the uh, the, the orphan baby. You got like you like I'm already I'm so you don't even need Godzilla in this movie anymore. No. Like, I'm already on board. <laughs> no, 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 no. Th- just that dynamic. That's between the those thing. Characters, it right? really That's, was. Yeah. That's the key. They padded. They put less monster and more story yeah like i like at this point i'm watching and this is this sounds like an exaggeration but like at least plot wise i'm watching a kurosawa style story like this is a like where this is characters having a hard time this is what it's about you know like this this is why i'm sucked in and like and this goes on for quite some time and got the there's a big godzilla attack that we described in the beginning but then you're in like survival drama for you know half an hour at least 40 at minutes at least yeah yeah, yeah. At least. And, uh, and you feel uh, bad for the guy, but you can see why people are mad. And yeah, it's great. And then he needs, he needs to make ends meet. Right. So he needs, mm-hmm. now he's like, he's got responsibility for this family somehow. Yep. Right. Got to right. take care of things. So he ends up getting a job. Uh, and it's a job of picking up mines. <laughs> yep. And, right. and this is sort of like, like, this is a great under, yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, it's a great way to underscore his sense of culpability and shame because he's willing to take this job where 
he can likely be killed because he's he's willing to do this because he has to do it, but also because he might be killed in a semi-heroic way. Like that's the unconscious thing that's happening for him. Like he's yeah, like, it seems like I, it'll, it'll redeem his cowardice. Yeah, if I get blown up doing this, I had it coming. <laughs> like right. I should have been blown up doing the other thing. Right. But it also is the first step of him redeeming himself yes. because he shoots properly with the gun. <laughs> yes. And he, yes. And he is like the fact that he even chooses to do this means that he wants to be redeemed. Right. And also the, what's also interesting is that the girl was like, you can't do this job. You can't risk your life. Right. You got a fucking you have a family, family now. that you're responsible for. Exactly. And this is where the movie which becomes. Which he doesn't really have a family either, which is also odd. This is the this is the beauty really of the is. movie, it's right? Exactly. Imagined. Not it's imagined. Like, it's conveniently well. It's yeah. I mean, it's 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 cobbled together. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a found family movie, not a, it's like. And Have so, you like, seen that the psyche of the Japanese people after the the war. This is what yeah. This is what I was going to bring up. Is like this is what's really fascinating. Is that the movie actually becomes very emotionally complex in a way that because like the setup is a very sort of traditional '40s style movie about responsibility. But because they're not really direct family members, and because, like, he is attempting to achieve some sort of redemption without, like, being overt about it, uh, like, it enters into a kind of complexity where he's like, wait, like, I'm looking for redemption, but I'm risking my family when I was caring for those people, which is the better thing to be doing. You know, like, so it becomes like, it's a, it becomes a ethically and morally complex setup, uh, Mm -hmm. without over talking it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a really, really clever way to, to put these themes in, um, in your lap. There's also a style to the acting and possibly directing Mm -hmm. that resonated a lot of, um, uh, anime style. I, I'm totally anime. I was going to bring this up. Yes, absolutely yeah. true. Totally the true. Acting is emotions yeah. are big, <laughs> yeah. but yes. totally not over the top. But the, the, this I mean, kind they are of, over the top, but it's it's not like ugh, awkward to watch. Right. The, this kind of, because like anime is obviously, I mean, obviously anime is huge all over the world now. Like right. it's like the, like younger generations. This is it's gone way beyond Japan. Like it's just this is uh, this is what American younger generations are. Like that's the kind of storytelling they're into. That's the look they like. Um, but it's like the thing that's great about anime is that it really is interested primarily in complex character interaction, like long-term complex character that's, interactions. Yeah, that's their main motivation, right? And the and and this has to do with what we were saying earlier is that the reason why there's such a heavy focus on that in terms of anime as a process is because animation, like actually having things move on screen, is expensive, but Having people sit and talk in a still shot with only their mouths have to do this, that's cheaper. And so anime slowly grew to be more character-based just so it could fill out the time. Mm-hmm. Right? They get paid by frame, by seconds yeah. of animation. So yes. that, so, uh, so if you if you can do it all with one image, which is why they have those things where the character just goes... Yeah, like the, exactly. Across right. the screen. Or, yeah. Yeah, and you'll have like a single shot where it's just the character's eyes and you hear them talking for two minutes, right. you know, like this is like, it's so like, it's a, it's a money saving tactic to get a lot of extra time into a story. Right. And you have to be really visually inventive to get around it. And as a side effect, 
you were also telling a lot of detailed character story. And so anime has developed in this really, really interesting way. Just and raised, because Hanna-Barbera did that too, but they didn't develop. They went story. the other way. <laughs> they went the other oh, way. God. Yeah. But I mean, like that it's, it's interesting that anime has been, um, a, 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 a sort of, a, a crock pot for great story. Crock pot. The, and it's entirely because of financial considerations. Crock pot studios. Yeah. Hello. Can I help you? <laughs> exactly. Like, like, Mr. The Tron reason- is not in right now. Can I take a message? <laughs> the, Hold on the, one second, please. Hello, crock pot part, studios. Part of the reason that younger audiences, and I think this is, ter- this is terrific. That, that younger generations are so fascinated with character story and rich, really intricate character story. Good sign. Is, which is really good. Like, uh, and, and, uh, and it's really healthy as far as storytelling goes is because of the limitations put technologically on the fiction that was being produced. And, uh, and so it comes back around with visual effects where you're just like, we need to deliver a monster movie, but we ain't got no money. So what do we got to depend on? Story. <laughs> yeah. And now here we are again. So you we know, ended up with a great scripts story. Scripts are cheaper than visual effects. Scripts I'm just are saying. cheaper. Great scripts are guaranteed money makers compared to just a pile of effects. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they got that so wrong. No, brother. I tell you. It's because the money makers can't see it, right? Yeah. Yep. see what? They just like whistles and bangs and it visual is, effects is that. It's stuff they understand, exactly. but they actually don't understand anything. But it makes them well, sound they, great. They, they, yeah. Popcorn movies make more money, right? That's their thing. And so, well, they, well, that's what it, they're used to. Right. That's because right. they're, well, they're at the anymore. age now where they were like Jaws was their thing when they were in college. But right. Jaws is a good movie. Jaws is a great fucking movie. That's I why know, they made money. But let me clarify that for you guys. Jaws was a thing. The blockbuster, the, the mm-hmm. money, the people coming in, Barry Diller. You know, that was the thing that inspired them probably to produce. So they sure. – Right. Just that, that, that's all the end. dollar signs. Yeah. When really fucking like Jaws did not make money because the puppet was so good. Like it's not a great puppet. The puppet suck. <laughs> sucks. The story is fucking great. The filmmaking is out of Could control. Would you say that the use of tax credits help kill the visual effects industry? No. Interesting. It's an interesting question. What do you, I, uh, I mean, expand on that. I'm interested. Well, it became almost like um, derivatives, like mm-hmm. commodities. It right. commodified everything. I see I what you're that. saying. I okay. see what you're saying. Yeah. So, for tax I, and, and is, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but luckily, not enough people watch this podcast. <laughs> I have a feeling that that yes, visual effects studios in places like Vancouver and London. Got generic as shit. Yep. <laughs> they are just machines and they're all the same. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think that they had the same. If you go back to early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, there was a uh, culture to places like Digital Domain and Absolutely. ILM and Rhythm and Hues, right? And they had feelings and they had uh, persona and 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 there was a style to them that were very unique and special, right? right. Now it's like it's whatever fucking studio makes whatever fucking thing, and it doesn't yeah, matter. But th- but that's what I'm what I'm saying is is less about it, it, it's selling of the tax credits, people shifting around. It's the commodification, like it's barley and rice. Yes, and all yes. of a sudden, craft and everything else went out the door, and it became. You know, I worked for a producer who actually would buy credits right. in Michigan and then sell them 
an increase to other production companies. So he'd get first in, he'd buy four sets of credits for films and then sell three. Have you, have you seen, have you seen film credits recently? There's a whole section on people for tax and tax. That's uh, wild. Yeah, because but it's I commodities, so they it's don't. It's commodities. It's, yeah. It, yeah. And so then the 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 stu- the visual effects places are just like, yeah, we'll we'll just jump on that. We'll make money, and and that's it. And then there goes everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, because the, the the issue is is that films are not widgets, right? They're not. That's thinking about films as widgets is how you would get into the hole, like Disney did. You know, like, like it isn't a commodity. It's an art, you know, it's a business, but it's an art. It's so funny how that just, it just imploded on them. Oh yeah. It was entirely the wrong mindset. They went all in on the Marvel verse Mm -hmm. and the Star Wars verse. And they, those are some huge franchises that they just well that's the commodification they They figured well we own the license we can just we can take a little piece of this and put it on a cracker and sell it then we can take a little bit of this star wars and put it on a cracker and sell it we don't really have to come up with ideas we just need to break it all out into little bento boxes yeah well what it reminds me of right is like when uh well leave the names out of it say certain visual effects companies bought by uh, say other countries, uh, <laughs> like they they would come to the visual effects facility and say like we want to buy this because you guys like you have such incredible technology here that does such wonderful work and then it turns out that it's not the technology, no. it's the artists <laughs> and it's they the do artists that all the time and then they, they, with, but the, but the the studios are constantly selling their technology. Let's yes. say like. For example, digital human. We have digital. We have the. Nobody can do it like our magic oh, machine. You know what the worst word <laughs> ever? The, the, the word that mm. I just like, just roll my eyes and slap my CGI. Feet. No, <laughs> secret sauce. Secret sauce. You know what the secret sauce is? People. Talent. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I remember. The I was working. People. The secret it's sauce people. is people. I remember. People. I, I might have told this story, but I was working at a visual effects place in Venice and I was working with Rob Niederhorst and we were in, he was in his bag. Visual effects place in Venice with Rob Niederhorst. I think almost everyone on this podcast knows what they're talking about. I wonder what they could be. It's actually a different place. It's a different place. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, But let me get to the shape of this. And so what I want to just be great speed, get to the shape with speed. Okay. Speed up with this. uh, Tell the shape of the story here. So, um, The guy. Some people got that joke. That's a good joke. (laughs) The guy that was running the place, um, I'll just give a name, Carl, and he was running the place, and he was coming through with some IBM visual effects. (laughs) We're coming through with um, he's selling, and yeah, but they were with IBM. And I just remember I was, Rob was giving me notes on something. So I was sitting there with a pen and pad in his flame bay type or nuke bay with a big screen in front of him. <clears throat> he dips in and says, and these guys are working with uh, our 3D program, Max, which is proprietary that we've written from the ground up. And 3DS Max, yeah. you guys wrote it? Yeah, but that's what he said. And Rob looked at me and we looked back at him. But the IBM guys are like, I'm curious, you know, because they're pro. <laughs> so they went in and, yeah. and the guy's like, 
we got to circle around. I got more stuff to show you. So let's keep moving. And he's like, I just want to see what you're doing here with the interface. And, and Rob's like, I was like, I got my notes. I'm heading out. <laughs> I just was like, yeah, dude. but that was like the disconnect. And the guy was really nice. I worked for I just, he's a sales guy and good, but it's just like, that's the disconnect between the people who are the artists and and uh, the people running the place. Well, exactly because there's there's a weird theme in all the things that we've talked about today, right? The like this relationship, this negative relationship, is exactly the same as audiences thinking that movies are bad because of CG. Like it's like these people come in and say, like, how how do you make such amazing effects? It must be a machine. Yeah, <laughs> it's a machine. It's a magic bean machine. It doesn't oh. have to do with these incredible talents that have worked together for years. Couldn't be that. Like, if they're working on a fucking whatever. It's a Dell 486. That's what your magic machine is. <laughs> Look at that. It's a, yeah. it's, it's strung together shitty processors. That's what your magic machine is. Yeah. People, people want to believe that it isn't talent and people that make the thing good. Because they want to make it sellable as a commodity. They want it to be numbers, which are predictable. But when it turns out that it's it has to be talented people who know what they're doing, they don't know how to make that into an into an industry, yeah. right? And well, so you the, end the up with studio Disney. heads don't want to be told they've been wrong this whole time, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Some of them are going to lose their jobs eventually. Like they they just got like 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 you can like they're waiting Disney. for the golden parachute. That's all they're yeah. waiting for. Those guys are just. I mean, that's how I felt about the strikes. Right? It's like those guys are. They don't want to make a deal because they know it's all the fucking ship is sinking. They just they're just waiting for their boat to show up. They're like, yeah, cool. And then whatever you guys want, uh, just a few more months. And what then they're getting what ship there. is sinking? <laughs> like oh, the industry, <laughs> the film industry, <laughs> like the film industry, like everything is just like ev- like they know they're looking. I'm at just the- asking for clarification for everybody. I know like, generally we've talked about this, but. Broadly, to the streaming television, there's a Turn- failure going on, so people yes. are cashing out. <laughs> yes, they're like. Turns out that streaming makes no money at all. Number one, <laughs> so this is a bad investment. It uh, it t- studios have utterly well, mismanaged on, all not, of their that's shit. That's not exactly true. That's not exactly oh, sorry. true. The way that they have been making streaming doesn't work. How about that? Right. We'll put it that way. Right. Right. I right. mean, they, they, they have to do it more responsibly. Yes. It's the same. It's the, but it's the same story with any. Okay. So let me just put it away. Streaming definitely is successful. People are more likely to watch films on streaming. 100% than any true. And people right. are watching a ton of stuff. It's the, the new, time. it's the new ABC television. Yes. I mean, yeah. they just turn it on like we used to watch ABC, yeah. CBS, and NBC. Absolutely. Studios tried to get into this business. But what happened is they got irresponsible, right? Yes. And I think the pinnacle of irresponsibility is when Amazon spends like a billion dollars doing the Lord of the Rings franchise. But that yeah. is – but here's – I'm circling back because yeah. I think my insight and clarity – is coming through, even though I'm super tired. I had three hours of sleep last night. Mm-hmm. You're is, doing great. You're doing you This is the commodification, too. meaning mm-hmm. this is hedge fund money going. Yes. They look at like we're doing because you right now, you guys know that I'm working with a commodities uh, company yes. on designing interface for them. And I've been with them almost a year. And I that's a great job. I love the team. Great. But that's commodities. And it's yeah. just like. 
And this is commodities Buy and thinking. sell grain and right. yeah. and copper and They're, oil. It's the same shit. And hedge funds like you get enough yeah. bacon and bacon and tomatoes. People sandwich. come into this. The hedge funds <laughs> give money to these the and best. said that's the way to do it. The hedge fund money. Right. Well, the thing is because like when you were when the reason why commodities work is because commodities are always the same and people always need them. That's why yes. they work. They're all there's they're interchangeable. They're fungible is the word, right? Whereas when you're making movies, that isn't the case. Like I know, it's but like, here's the deal. Fungible. It also is all of those commodities are based on you should sell also, them as tokens. <laughs> all those commodities are based on things like Mother Nature. Yes. Are the crops right. going to be grown? Yes. Is there enough oil? Is there a war in that region where we yes. can't extract oil? Very are they blocking the Red things. Sea? Yes. yes, which is very fluid, yes. but it it is not as easy as you think. Mm-hmm. And to when you start commodi- like taking vision and an artist's work or writer director and start making it like a commodity, doesn't work. It's not the same thing. It's I have a feeling those- a lot of the streaming companies are trying to backpedal. Out of this kind of Netflix model, because like, yeah. it seems like they just hijacked it and we're like, oh, wait. Right. Well, this I mean, this didn't work out for I mean, like, it works out for Netflix. Like, in Netflix, like, the reason it, it seems like the reason why Netflix has been hiding its numbers for so long is it, it seems like they were trying to get a lot of other people into the game that they know that those people would lose money on. You think they set them up? I think it's a setup. And so, like, and I think it's been pretty successful because you look what happens to, like, Max or formerly HBO or formerly whatever the fuck it's called, Discovery slash Filmstruck. Like, that ongoing burning circus is... Yeah, but that is ineptitude by Zaslav. It's insane. They owe so much money. They are so (laughs) It's the same thinking. It's the same thinking. They don't realize... They're not not thinking about this as, like... No, he's thinking it as a commodity. You're absolutely right. It's a commodity. He's thinking about it like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to get out of streaming. We're going to go back to uh, 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 selling licensing, right? Yes, right. That's what I'm... Just so you guys know, I'm not an executive... But when they came out with Paramount Plus, and I lived, my house is down the street from Paramount when I lived in L.A., Mm -hmm. I was like, why are they trying to build a streaming service? Why don't they just basically license all their shit to Netflix? Yeah, right. Well, that's what they used to do. Right. So they all used to do that. Even Disney. Disney used to license its stuff to, to, to Netflix, and then they're like... You know what? We should make our own. We'll make more money. It turns out that was a big mistake. No, yeah. because <laughs> they, you know, all you had to do is look at the, cor- the the reports, the the investor reports on Netflix. They were holding a lot of debt. Are you willing to assume debt? This like Netflix's plan. Netflix's entire business plan is, and it's a good one. Last man standing. That's it. That's it. They're like everybody else dies. We own the market. That's how we win. And they're doing it. They're doing it very, very well, you know, and like, cause they know, like you look at what Netflix's model is like in terms of what they're putting on their services, it's television. Like that is good, straightforward, mid seventies, shitty, you know, battle beyond the network stars television. Like there's no good stuff on Netflix. There's shit you watch at the end of the day on Netflix. I'm tired. And I want to put on this Every dating show. And then they do stuff. Yeah, they put no, the killers yeah. out. They put no, no. Down. I'm not. That that's yeah. Of course, but the same is true for 70s TV. There's 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 Shogun. There's Dallas. You know, there's here's the top notch fucking roots. 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 This is it. Like that's your Irishman Actually, and killer and all that shit. I love, I love the fact that 
uh, a mini series are coming back. They're doing Shogun uh, again. They're doing Shogun. It looks fucking great too. I love it. I can't wait. Great cast. Looks awesome. Love that book. It's incredible. But this is the thing is like those that like the 10 or 11 unbelievably fantastic things that Netflix has done in terms of like giving artists free reign to go and make real art. Like those are wonderful. That's and seven deeps. That is you guys just yes. do your thing. Do Here's your the fucking money. thing. Meanwhile, Everything, the other 99.9% of Netflix is raw, consumable trash. And what I mean by that is that's what we want. It's a giant, it's like fucking buying food at the gas station. It's like aisle, aisle after aisle of Doritos. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's what, and that's, the, that's their business. And it's a great business because we want that. I that's don't know it. how often I come home and Brooklyn Nine-Nine is just on TV. And on no TV? one's watching it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just let it play, man. Frasier, whatever. Just fucking have it, man. Just, like, give me the shitty thing. That, that was I don't the have thing, to think about, right? Doing what's the thing? The, that was the, 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 the there was a specific model that Netflix had. They're like, you know, come for Stranger Things, mm-hmm. stay for Frasier, stay for Frasier. That's their model. So it's they a, actually it's make way. Model. So what was the number one? The number one show on Disney Plus when it came out? Uh, it, I, I got it. It's um. Uh, it's um, Deborah Lee's um, um, loving home. Loving home. No. <laughs> the Simpsons. Really? The oh. Simpsons. Absolutely. Right. Yes. So that people were going there to go watch the brand new. I don't know. Marvel. Uh, what's the one with the the WandaVision? They had a WandaVision. They see the one episode of WandaVision. Aha! Mm-hmm. Lasts them one hour of watching, and then they just put on Simpsons. Let and the, the Simpsons, Simpsons on for seven hours. Yeah, right. That is because you win. You win. This is the. This has been the. The well, it's no longer the case, but it was the battle of the living room, right? Yeah. So, what was Netflix? What was Netflix saying when they said, "Who is our biggest competitor?" Oh, uh, Fortnite. Fortnite is their biggest yeah, competitor. Right, Where, right. Whoever controls the screen. Whoever controls the screen. That's right. That's right. right? And Fortnite is controlling the screen more than HBO yeah, Max is. That's right. So, no, cause so it, yeah, because H- and HBO Max, HBO, HBO Max has no identity for what they show whatsoever. It's like it's a it's a car crash of stuff. It used like, to have identity. It used to yeah, be the number one. It used one to be thing. HBO. It used to be yeah. HBO. Yeah. You knew what HBO was. Elite. That was right. a beautiful elite product brand. Right. Yeah. Like and, and HBO HBO was never going to be enormous. It was just going to be prestige, and it, that's it was right. a solid. Right performing thing it but was like you, it was like uh what's it called again weinstein's company yeah um miramax yeah like sorry, that is yeah, that is a, that is a particular retired. market that miramax and its height the uh, same film. kind of prestige yeah like this is and like now a52 a24 a24 right same difference like the, the thing is that hbo is never is awesome yeah, yeah. but, a, but a24 caprio's company right a24 is is that the, i don't know if is, uh, it caprio I don't know. is it the caprio's company i thought that that is uh albion i can't remember what it was but anyway like the, he may be in it i'm not sure but anyway like a24 is the prestige business they are now uh their their upcoming slate they're trying to get into big expensive uh action movie stuff and i'm like okay watch out but be careful don't get tempted yeah because like that is that's not your market and if you try to i mean it may work for them it's happened before but that's a big risk and with hbo hbo had developed such an incredible prestige library 
they could have been there forever, right? But instead, it one day it turned into I turned on HBO and the whole front page is shitty house house flipping shows. Yeah, because because of because of Discovery, because of Zaslov, and yeah. I'm like, this is not what I pay for. Like I'm, but, I'm not, I'm not here to see this. Discovery this shows like a ton of money because that's all that's on at fucking dentist offices. Of course, but like, <laughs> like trying to turn HBO into Netflix is a bad idea. Netflix uh, is Netflix is the, is the is the one um, that you watch for shitty things. That's I what knew it's this there episode for. of Godzilla minus one was mainly going to be about the industry, which <laughs> is, is fine. Yeah, yeah. But like this uh, is the, like, but it is it is it is telling because I mean honestly this movie is the model of what people need to be looking at. Right yes, now. yes. Like this is the this is the deal. It's like Godzilla minus one is representative of the kind of movies because like uh, to answer your question from before Eric, like Disney forgot what they were doing, right? Disney forgot what they what they were there for. Disney tried to turn into Netflix. And net, oh. Netflix makes garbage. That's what Netflix's business model is. And I know that it's successful because I watch garbage. I want to watch garbage. There's a slot, there's a huge slot in my life for garbage. And I want it. I want just like I want Doritos. And Netflix is Doritos. They come in the door for Stranger Things, stay for Love is Blind. That's Danthron, right? And that's a huge, huge market. Disney tried to turn its movies and its franchise stuff into Netflix shows. What I think is interesting though, if you go back to Disney is remember Disney was came out of a hole, right? Mm -hmm. Disney yeah. was in trouble and then they bought Pixar and Pixar yep. turned them around, right? Pix because Pixar was prestige. Mm -hmm. Right. Pixar is prestige I material. I right. And so actually if you go back and, watch or read the book uh, Creativity Inc., which is a very interesting book. However, mm -hmm. a little bittersweet considering how uh, uh, Ed Catmull was sued for uh, price fixing on artists. Right. Uh, right. But nonetheless, if you look at what he did to Disney, because Disney didn't understand what he was doing, right? And they, they, were, they, were, uh, they couldn't make a good movie to save their lives. Right. And then, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, who's the, who's the head creative at, no, who had creative at, at Pixar? Oh yeah. Pixar was, uh, yeah. Uh, I can't think of his name, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. he, he came in and he fucking saved them by redoing Tangled. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so Tangled all of a sudden was like, it was an extremely expensive movie because they had to do it essentially twice. Yeah. But it, it reestablished like them as a quality the brand. Thing, yeah. Right. And then suddenly right. like, Oh shit, this is really good. And then Disney right. started to make Fucking good movies. Yeah. Well, because Disney used to, I mean, Disney has actually been through this turnaround a couple of oh, times. Many right? times. Right. Yes. And, and like Disney, heyday, remember, they were in a heyday in the 90s, right? They were like, absolutely. oh my God. They were the heyday in the 40s. They started to dive in the 50s. They were the heyday, like they did, they go up and down like this all the time. Yeah. yeah they and went so to live like, action in the 50s, like 20,000 right. leagues. Exactly. And yeah. like, and so like they, they've been through this, but they've never been through it as hard as they are now, which is like, oh, that's because they invested so much money. They're in yes. the fucking hole. They're in the hole. They're in the hole. And like they have like they keep what they keep on doing, right, is they still have this mindset of just like, oh, we have this big, beautiful hit that's an artistic success that everyone loves. And 
and it's an instant classic and everyone will watch it every year for a million years. Let's make a thousand shitty straight to DVD Walmart sequels, right? Until they drive the brand of that thing into the earth. Like that's what they did with Little Mermaid. That's what they did with Cinderella. That's what they did with all that stuff. But most of the time they were able to keep the classic separate from the giant stream of derivative shit, right? With Star Wars and Marvel, they just turned it into the derivative shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's just Walmart this fucking thing. Let's just make this into the garbage TV show. I don't, I don't, and it ruins the brand. I think brand. what's interesting is they, I don't think they really intended it to turn it into garbage. They don't say they just bit off way more than they yeah. can chew. Yeah. And I don't think they were ready. They, 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 there was way too many executives in the room. Yep. <laughs> and I think that they just lost sight of good story. Yeah, they they and they ended up destroying two of the biggest brands that film has ever seen very quickly. Very quickly. It was insane how quickly it happened. Now I know the pandemic sort of accelerated this whole thing yeah. by a lot, but it was going down either way. Like this the specialness of Marvel, the specialness of Star Wars. I mean like Marvel, I mean like as much as I pick on it, like like many of the Marvel films are excellent. Kevin Feige did an incredible job producing the original set of Marvel films, largely they are very good. And I can see why people like treat that as their new star Wars. Like it's an incredible production story, right? Star Wars itself is the same thing. It's just like that. It's amazing that studios saw the artistry here and invested in it the way that they did. Right. I don't think they did. I think they didn't. No one expected it to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, like back in the day, I mean, just like that was a $10 million movie that they were looking to write off and then it exploded. But then they and they did invest in it with Empire Strikes Back. They're like, we are going to make a great film and we're going to put all the money in the world behind it and then we're going to own the world. And they did. And then they made Return of the Jedi. But regardless, Disney has taken Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, fucking Marvel, all this stuff and run it through the... uh the deflavorizing machine uh, to <laughs> the, I'm borrowing that joke from Tarantino's podcast. Dave Roger, I've reset it, but the deflavorizing machine. And now you just have a flavorless gum that we're all expected to chew. And that's why they had the shittiest year of their lives. You have to make good movies and you have to make them cheaply if you want to make money. And Godzilla minus one proves that you can do that. And it also did it in the most insulting way because it did it on a franchise as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's not just, it's not just, it's not just the fact that you're taking existing IP or whatever, because this could have been completely unique IP and it still would have worked. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just, they did it like, no, and it's, and, and the, the, I don't think the business guys are going to understand. They're like, it's because they had existing IP. No. It's because it had something <laughs> intangible that you cannot, you know, it's, what is it? It's, uh, the talent is people. <laughs> the talent is people. Quality is Absolutely. people, not, not, not an AI. Because my, look at this, like, you know, we keep joking about AI scripts and how that's going to work. It's like, they already are AI scripts. All yeah. the Marvel shit was written by AIs. Yeah, like, yeah I, 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 mean, say, I kept on it, saying it that during the strike. Not, I was just like, not directly, but might as well have been. Yeah, like, like I kept saying that during the strike. I was just like, why, why are they worried about AI when 
you have shows like the fucking you know, the half of the Marvel shows that are on. Like it's right. it's like you, I can't tell the difference. Quantumania, Trust Quantumania. Me. When Quantumania exists, I want AI to write the next one. It can't be any worse than that. It's impossible. Right. Wow. <laughs> like it's insane that that was produced. That is the problem. That is the problem. Like it's it's an it's it's an embarrassment that that movie cost that much money and was that bad. Like, and when you see Godzilla minus one, you're like, the effects could be shittier and this movie could have cost even less. And I would still love it. It was bargain basement prices anyway. And they could have made it cheaper. And I still would have loved it because the story is so fucking good. It's like, so good. That's it. So that's let's the talk one about thing that matters. On ship. <laughs> yes. Okay. There it is. There it is. Okay. Give me one second. I'm going to get one thing to drink guys before we All go right. back in. You go, you keep going. All right, we're going to start about the ship because you have to get into this thing. But he basically gets a job as the as a minesweeper, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and they're looking for mines in the water, and he gets to uh, <laughs> uh, he gets to uh, the boat, and he's worried about like his livelihood, mm-hmm. and he's expecting a, he's like it's going to be a big tough boat, et cetera, et cetera, and it's the most rinky dink shitty yeah. looking it's, boat yeah and it's made of wood so because they get to, so it doesn't of, attract mines it's made of wood and he says right. it's, it's made of wood is because if it's made of metal the lot of the mines are 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 magnetic, magnetic. and they attract to mines right so they made but it, it makes it look wet, really really rinky dink <laughs> you're like you okay man yeah but it also has a very much uh, a, a jaws feeling to it right like mm-hmm. it's just like four four people four or five people on the boat yeah. Right? Yeah, and like this, and these characters that he joins up with are classic anime characters. Oh yeah, like it's just like you know, like yeah, the, every one of them is very unique. Very... Yeah, and they're so much fun. Like they're such huge, like big caricature characters. Right. But one of them but, is a science guy. One of them yeah. is the jokey guy. One of them yeah. is the young guy. Yeah, you know, and it's super fun. Like they, they identify with them really quickly. It's 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 the proper use of caricature, so you get on board with that story really quickly. Right, very yeah. quickly, very yeah. quickly. Like those guys are introduced, and not in a not in a shitty way like they do on heart, harping on Marvel films, where they go around the table and everyone has their backstory told. Uh, the wor- the worst scene I've <laughs> seen in twenty five years. Black Widow, the worst, the worst yeah. champion. My all story time. is this. My story oh, is this. No, you just. But here's the- my traumatic backstory. Please, somebody kill me. <laughs> like, that's yeah. my traumatic backstory. Is this scene? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it, you 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 get the vibe of everyone without a huge amount of story. Yes. Uh, so that's really kind of. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's uh, and it's terrific. And you understand it all in the context of what has already been shown to you. So, right. like, they don't have to go into big detail. You're like, everybody has huge trauma they're dealing with. Everyone's trying to face it in their own way. Right. And you're just trying to find something to do with your life that is meaningful right now and make uh, connections and friendships. Like, and right. so it all makes sense. Like, even these, like, this completely you know, mismatched bunch of characters, you see them wanting to become friends. And it's like, it's so easy to fall in love with this stuff. It's fantastic. Right. Right. So, so here's how they collect these mines. So there's, you know, the classic mines that you would see in, you know, Gilligan's Island, Island. <laughs> Island, Gilligan's <laughs> Island or 20,000. Right. right. And so they go around and they basically sweep and they, they find a hook and they, they pop up these mines and the mines come up to the surface. Right. Um, and so in order to detonate the mines, they use a big gun at the back of the ship and they fire at the mine 
but none of them are very good at it until we get to our hero, who was the pilot, the kamikaze pilot. But because he was a kamikaze pilot and he shot guns while flying, he He knows how to shoot. He knows how to shoot, right? And boom, he blows up the mine. So he's like good at that gun thing. So then he suddenly he finds the gun thing. He's good at the gun thing. So so that's how they they do that. Now when they go out there, all of a sudden, <laughs> who shows up? But Godzilla, our boy Godzilla, but our <laughs> way much bigger boy, He's way bigger, yeah, way, oh, bigger. Way, way, way bigger, and he does that's... this whole underwater swimming thing. Very scary. Very Jaws like, man. It's yeah. super Jaws like. Yep, yep. Right, and uh, and what's uh, this? And this whole like the scene with Godzilla chasing the boat is. So true. It's 100% Jaws. It is, it is the, it's the barrel sequence from Jaws. Only the barrels are Godzilla. (laughs) Right. And when that scientist goes against the chalkboard and goes, (laughs) exactly. It's so good. But man, Uh, like this, it's so, it's such a, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, it's, it's such a radical joy because like the movie is aware that it's Jaws. Absolutely. and, And it's just like, you love Jaws. We love Jaws. It's Godzilla. Let's roll, and like you, and you're 100 percent on board. It's un, it's 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 it doesn't feel silly at all. You're totally committed. You're absolutely in it. Yeah, and and his other thing is like, yes, I was actually wondering about that. The English language subtitles use the word kamikaze, but the Japanese language dialogue used the word uh, takatai, uh, tok, uh, tokotai, tokotai. I believe yeah. that. And so what is Tokotai? Is it different than Kamikaze? Is it? Yeah. What, what is the, I'm not sure what the, uh, like what the actual usage in Japan. They would jump be. out before it um, explodes. Does it? Really? I just made that up, but yeah, it would I be. <laughs> I don't think so. You just I think made that's it a, up. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, that's All a. Right. It is actually like. It's a breaded pork cutlet mm. with honsai sauce. So good. Uh, that is, that I believe that. is uh, shashu, shashu ramen. Shashu. It's uh, tokatsu. Tokatsu is delicious, delicious. Yeah. But yes, so the, uh, so yeah, the Godzilla attacks, they, uh, uh, they figure oh, right. out a way. Like, they figure out, yeah, they, they, they take one of the, the mines. Right. They're like, we can, the, this is our one shot. We're going to drop one of the mines. Essentially into Godzilla's mouth, just like the barrels or the, just the, like the yeah, barrels, the, the jaws, and, jaws. And like the uh, the air, the, air tank the, and jaws, the air tank and jaws, right? Shoot and then that, gonna... blow it up, and that'll kill Godzilla. That's their right. plan. And so, what happens? They do that. They do that, but it only blows up part of his mouth, and it then blows his up ma- half his head. Right? It's <laughs> well, like half his mouth. It's huge. Right? It's like, not his head because that's kind should, of an important. It should it should at least take him out for a while. But right. what is revealed? Is that Godzilla regrows that shit super fast? Yeah. yeah, like it's like it's his healing ability is Wolverine level, right? <laughs> and, uh, and you're like, oh no. Well, <laughs> he also is, is full news. of radiation, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. 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 And so he is. Uh, he like he is stunned. You know, it's a setback for Godzilla, but now he's on a rampage. Okay. So in Japanese, this is thank you, this is part of, uh, in our chat. In Japanese, a formal term used for units carrying out suicide attacks during 1944 to 1945 is the uh, Togobatsu Kogakitai, which literally means special attack unit uh, mm-hmm. that is usually abbreviated to uh, Tokotai. 
Which uh, I assume is a more respectful version than saying kamikaze. I don't know. Or I think kamikaze kam- is like an Americanization. Ameri- it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just an Americanization right. of the word. Right. Who knows what it right. actually means. Right. Kind of like low main, right? It's an American. Yeah, which has no, yeah, it's a totally made up word. <laughs> or chow yeah, like, or whatever it is. Chow main, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the, uh, but yeah, so like the, uh, what the the thread that the 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 kamikaze theme in this is develops perfectly. Oh, like they yeah. do it exactly right because it is a uh, it carries that sense of guilt and responsibility, but also a sense of transcendence at the end of the movie that we'll get to. Right. So like it's always hanging in the background that he is a kamikaze pilot who failed to live up to his obligations but now his obligations are far more complex to his family his family meaning his country and so this is a more grown-up version of what, is a japanese word it's kami means divine cause divine means wind. wind there we go so thank you jesus um and so godzilla now they realize the danger headed towards the mainland right and radiation <laughs> yes and Just also, like the original one. Yes. There is a lot of the original in this one. Yes. A Absolutely. Lot. And also the Lots mentality of, of dealing with the shame of the war. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. It's really, really fascinating. And because it really is about like reconstructing things emotionally after, after mistakes. Right. I think it's like, how do, how do I, how I, how do I go on in a way that is not just surviving but that I can regain and I can regain my sense of pride without um, reverting to the mistakes that I made. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's uh, it's really, really, it's a, it's a simple and elegant way to tell this, uh, that aspect of history. I think it's really, really beautiful. Right. We'll get to but that. That was the, the original finale. intention though. Yeah. Too. Yeah. In the movie in the fifties. Right. Yeah. It's really beautiful. I, that for that first one is a really it's a and it's a genuinely scary movie. I think it's actually a real. It's an actual horror movie, yeah. in a real way. Uh, so I really recommend that. I just saw it before I went to go see this one. Uh, this is very so. This uh, when he goes back to when they go back, you note the bond between him and the and the 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 mind sweeping team is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. They end up going together. They have to reveal the news of what they found, right? Mm-hmm. So they become kind of important figures in the. New effort, yeah. What the fuck we're we gonna do? This thing is gonna attack. Yeah, because. Yeah. And by the way, do you know the? Uh, this is according to my son Brady, who looked it up. You know where the title Godzilla minus one comes from, or what it means? No, go for it. Origin uh, story. It's it's that uh, after World War II, uh, uh, Japan was at their lowest, which is zero. <laughs> Uh, and right. then when Godzilla came in, it was minus one. It was lower, minus one. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That so, makes sense. so that was the, that I think that belief is where the title comes from. But, um, well, in, uh, in the best Godzilla movies, Godzilla is a pretty complex metaphor, you know, in the first yeah, one yes. and Shin Godzilla and this, like they really spend, they really understand what they're saying in their movies when they make them right. And, uh, that's something that American films have consistently failed at reproducing. That's, why they struggle. Right. Well, zombie films are about Vietnam. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's plenty of American films to get it right, but I mean, when they yeah. when they make like the Godzilla American Godzilla movies are bad because Godzilla is not a metaphor; he's a monster. Dawn of the mm-hmm. Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, it's about consumers. Yeah, the consumers, yeah, exactly. Well, and like, and like, yeah, it's like the and like, they did that. It did a good job in Shaun of the Dead of bringing that up. Absolutely, well. yeah. you know, and like when you ha- when you make a movie with a, a real idea in mind, like Star Star Wars is a Vietnam movie, and uh, and you know that because. Lucas said so, but I, I also believe this because Lucas originally wrote the pitch for Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Lucas was going to direct Apocalypse Now when they were talking about going to Vietnam to film it while the Vietnam War was still going on. Yeah, that's like, crazy. That's fucking isn't it? insane. Yeah, so that, like Lucas was a daring, wild dude who had a real thing to say. It He's evolved into Star Wars. I mean, come on, look at look at the. American Graffiti, man. That's a good He's movie. a great filmmaker, man. He's a great. And like, and actually when I had COVID and this is maybe because I had COVID, but I rewatched episodes one through three. Uh, that guy like, gave you COVID? <laughs> it, yeah. Like it may, like the idea of even rewatching them is probably a COVID idea. Um, but, uh, rewatching those movies, they're still not good movies. They're a mess. However, I was like, these things are made by an artist with something to say. They're a clunky mess. However, he really has something he wants to get off his chest, and you really feel the passion behind those. As three. opposed to what J.J. Abrams is doing. Yes, <laughs> like the new, the new movies. Who was the big darling, J.J. Abrams? I, you know, J.J. is an incredibly skilled director. I totally agree with that. I think he's a he's a very very talented guy. But J.J. has not. I said, like, I know I'm JJ, me and JJ. Yeah. But like, uh, but like JJ's flaw, and I brought this up on the show before, is that he gave that TED talk about uh, his storytelling. It's like, because every story should have a black box in the center. And, and, you know, like, that's the mystery box. And you don't need to know what's in that mystery box, but that's what sows it all. I'm like, JJ, you need to know what's in the mystery box. The audience doesn't need to know, but you need to know. And that's yeah. the one thing he gets wrong. It's like, he's like, as long as there's a mystery, then it's fine. And like, the mystery is what you call theme. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that is the hub that draws all the spokes together. And that's something that's brilliant in Godzilla Minus One is like, there is a consistent theme that all of these threads aim at. And that's why the movie ends up being very satisfying. Whereas like, when you watch... um uh, and it's true even with episodes one through three with Star Wars with Lucas, like he is really got something he wants to say. Everything in the movie is trying to say that it's not saying it very well and it's all over the place, but it's still aiming at the same thing. Whereas like American Godzilla and Marvel movies forgot what they were saying. Like, and it feels like because everybody was there to make money. Yeah, exactly. They forgot that their job is to say something. Like that's what let's leave the art to the artist. Well, hold on. Think about this, right? Like, why do people go see the American Godzillas? Because of the trailer, right? They didn't go see Godzilla minus one was all word of mouth, and it still made eighty million dollars. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Because people want people want to see a good Godzilla movie. That's true. Like, because it's really satisfying when you get a good Godzilla movie. You know. But when you get a bad Godzilla movie, you get a big opening weekend, and that's it. Because everyone's like, oh, it sucked. And then the word of mouth is bad, and the sales go down the, out the window. That's why they only care about the trailer. Yep. That's it. Trailers are designed and to get you into the opening weekend. Yep. The thumbnail. Well, and like, the, yeah, like we've talked about this before. Like the way that the movie, like movie uh, studio releasing uh, and how studios make money vis-a-vis movie theaters is 
designed around the opening weekend because you make the trailer, get everybody in for the opening weekend. That's where you get all your money. And then after that, you have to start handing more money to the theater. Like the percentages get reversed. It's after three weeks. After three weeks, after three weeks, you want that movie to be out of there and you want to fill it with a new movie that turns yeah, over the it, fresh it's new stuff. It's literally designed to be a shitty yeah. movie. It, it encourages shitty filmmaking, you know, and that's a bad deal. Big, big spend, shitty movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the trailer. All that's about a production company name. Big spend, <laughs> shitty movie. Hello, big spend, <laughs> shitty movie. What's the Japanese for that? Well, that's my name. But you're like, uh, but with, with, with Godzilla, like you are hooked because everyone in the movie is essentially telling the same thematic story whether it's large scale or small scale, everyone's wrestling with the same basic thing in different ways. And that's why it ends up being extremely compelling as they start to help each other solve these emotional issues. So Godzilla is about to attack the mainland and well, they have become. They, uh, so, so they're, they're planning, they're planning how to defend themselves against Godzilla. Cause they know mm-hmm. he's about to attack man. They set up these, these buoy warning systems that trigger triggered by radiation. And that's when they right. know when he's, how he's coming. Um, they, uh, but uh, while that's happening in his little nest, family nest, the girl is growing up and he's starting to succeed as a minesweeper. So he has a little better life, a little better house. They're right. getting, a, they're starting to come out from literally living mm. under grovel, yeah. like you know, right. rubble. Um, and the girl, the little girl is growing up. She's a toddler now. She's starting to talk. The woman is helping her. And the woman is being very sweet, and you can yeah. tell that she is she is falling in love with him. Yeah, it's and a real family. family. Now. But yeah. he can't accept any responsibility for family. Like he cannot bond with them because he felt he he, he feels guilt. He feels, he feels guilt. Yeah, the he whole feels time, total right? guilt. Yeah. So, uh, so he he doesn't is not able to do that. But and then like he has all of his friends over for the mind sleeper for dinner, and they're like. This is not my wife. This is I'm not your father. Like kind of like yeah, mm. right. those little very awkward moments, but it right. was good. It was like, but, oh, yeah, what? it's it's painful because right. you see his struggle. Like he's like he wants this to be true, but he can't admit it to be true because he is too guilty. He does not deserve this. Right. Like he doesn't deserve what he already has. Is a very powerful uh, character tipping point. You know, right. and you and it makes you really want him to realize what he has right and that's why when godzilla attacks it's about making him realize what he has lost right well right. yes but he he lo- but what ends up happening is um it's very it's so 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 sad right like this is, this is what i'm saying it's like it's he's so about sad. to lose the, something and realize a, how much it meant to him yes and so what ends up happening is that you know he's with the, the girl who's with him she says well i'm gonna get a i got a job at an office and i'm very she's very proud of her you know she's all Mm -hmm. dressed up to go to office it's like you need to find yourself a wife you've been not doing that for a long time right right and he's like uh and he realizes he's like i need to do something to commit to her and then they ended up together in town and godzilla that's when godzilla ends up attacking the train Mm -hmm. And, yep. and attacks her on the train. She's on the train. Uh, 
she it's very very scary on the train. This she is this up, is my favorite sequence in the movie in terms. I of just, love that sequence. This yeah. because it's just a very insane. T- but it's also a typical thing that they did in the original Godzilla, where Absolutely. he's attacking a miniature, right? They, and, and it's the train, like the train the attack train. from the original right. one. Yeah, it's right. like it's a echo of that. But it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just great. Yeah. You know, and, and, and she ends up getting out of there alive barely. <laughs> yep, she ends up falling from the train into the water. Thank mm-hmm. goodness great, that saves yeah. her fall. Sequence, great, great sequence. And they and they end up running together into town. Mm-hmm. And uh, he Godzilla suddenly does this thing where he he blows this this energy ball out of his. I don't want to say fire because it's not fire, right? It's supposed to be like this. Laser this kind of laser yeah, it's like craziness. Like, I love the blue. way that the, the way that this new edition where it's like he's cocking the gun, like his all of his spikes go ding, 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 and you can yeah. see like, the the power bar it's is like, rising. It's like charging. It's like charging, it's charging up, like, right? Yeah. And when it gets to that point, that's when the fucking new nuke is going to go off. Right? It's like that's a nuclear bomb. It's like a nuclear out of explosion mouth, right? out of its mouth. And so right. it comes out, and then this massive explosive wind comes out, which is very reminiscent of the nuclear bomb. It's 100% Hiroshima. Hiroshima, right? Right. And she grabs him and pushes him into an alley. She saves his life. And she's blown away off screen. Right. It is crazy looking. Yeah, this whole sequence is so... Both the action is great and the tragedy is enormous. It's just like, it's every emotion you want in a single sequence. It's just incredible. (laughs) Yeah. And so, Uh, yeah, like, this is what I'm saying. It's like he's... He, like, in the previous scene, he is just like, he is saying... Like, he has it all. He has a family. And he's saying, I do not deserve... I, I do not deserve this family. And so she is taken away from him and he realizes the family he had like he le- right. like he's like oh, he's like, suddenly I, yeah. like i i can't believe i've lost this <laughs> like yeah. he didn't even realize he had it until it was gone right and so uh uh he needs they need they didn't they need to figure out how to, to how to get godzilla and yep. in fact, they realize that one of the things they need, they have a plan on how to trap him. They need to trap him in a location and they're going to literally move these boats around him to surround her, surround him with these buoys mm-hmm. using a special gas that sinks him, right? Yep. And their idea is that they can, they can, uh, uh, sink him to the bottom of the ocean and he will die from the pressure of the ocean. Which is a great sort of vamp on the original Godzilla's, uh, yes. the oxygen destroyer that kills Godzilla in the first Yeah, time. that's yeah. right. Right. Yeah. So that was the whole, it's very, very, very reminiscent of this one. Yep. Um, and then, uh, he, they do that, uh, to, to try to plan it up. But then what they need is an airplane. And then they need right. an airplane to distract them, much like a King Kong situation, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, well, you're the pilot. You know how to fly a plane. You know how to do it, yeah. And so they need an airplane to fly, and all the planes they have is shitty, except that they have this one airplane, which is a weird prototype, which is a cool-looking plane, but very... Yeah, it's like a fucking Star Wars plane. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like the plane yeah. that John Denver flew. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, it's it's cool-looking plane, no doubt about it. It's got that uh, propeller in the back. It's got this whole, like, very, very slick, future, very futuristic... Very funky-looking, yeah. weird... It, it looked like a like a like a prototype or a, a, a 
concept a concept plane of some kind. Yeah, right? it, lo- it looks like a science fiction uh, spaceship from the fifties. Right. You know, it's a really really cool looking plane. I'm putting it in Twitch. You guys yep. tell me. When I saw it, I was like, oh, that's the one that killed John Denver. Um, hold on. Oh yeah, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. Same kind of deal. Yeah, similar. Experimental aircraft, right there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so the uh, yeah, he's the he's the guy to fly that thing. Right. So again, like you said, he's the guy to fly that thing, and but they don't know how to get it up and running, and they need a mechanic. Mm, to do he's it. like, I know a mechanic I, who hates my ass. Who hates me? <laughs> right. <laughs> And he finds him. The guy uh, who uh, in the beginning was like, you got everyone killed, you goddamn. And now like that guy who resents him profoundly for mm-hmm. not firing the gun that uh, that could have saved all the men in the opening mm-hmm. scene. So in terms of story. He writes him a million letters. Mm-hmm. So in terms of story, <clears throat> this character is iconic of his guilt. Like he is, this, he, yeah, he's the, he's the, he's the cross that he bears. This 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 guy is is his own guilt and anger at himself made into a physical person, right? Mm-hmm. And so this, not to give anything away, but the reason why you have this character is because if that character changes his opinion of you, then you have truly changed. Like right, and so when you this guy fucking hates him, <laughs> right? Yeah, like I and, will never forgive you. That's what his stance is, right? And so he, I and for our hero, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it right, and I'm gonna do it right by that guy because if that guy forgives me, then then I, I truly deserve to be forgiven. Then I truly right? deserve to be forgiven. Right. right. So they they plan out everything that they're gonna do. And they get the they get the they try to you know figure out how to how to make it all work. He realizes that he probably has to kamikaze this plane. <laughs> yep. Right. Of course, because this is what the, this is the story that's being told. Right. And it's like it's like if all shit goes wrong, and we sink him and we float him and he still survives, I got to fly this plane and freaking blow him up the kamikaze. Right. right. And so so no this this is this is how how deftly designed this story has been emotionally because in the beginning right he feels selfish guilt that is motivating him right Right. and like but because he has this family that he loses now all he has is the baby (laughs) now he is the reason why he is sacrificing himself is not because he wants to feel better about himself Mm -hmm. it's because he wants to protect his daughter like this is like this is I I like I will sacrifice myself. I'm willing to sacrifice myself because of the new generation. That is my responsibility. Right. right? This is someone I love who must live in a future that I must protect. Right. I will sacrifice myself because of this. And so before so, he goes on this thing, he he gives he leaves an envelope with the baby. Mm-hmm. With all of his money. Yes. <laughs> and the yes. baby, the toddler, goes to the neighbor. The neighbor watches over the baby during the day. Then she goes, this is from daddy, and looks at it, and it's all this money. So he's like, uh, what? <laughs> Yo, yeah. and the thing is, the, the, realization. the yeah. next-door neighbor who also hates him, right, is like, 
Like all of a sudden changed on him. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like it's the first step in understanding that this guy has grown. And because like the thing is like, if this dude was going to, uh, kamikaze himself simply to, to get himself forgiven, that's a selfish act. Right. Right. That's, that's not actually a satisfying arc. It is a satisfying arc that he is, that, uh, that she understands. He has something that, to live for and something to die for. He has something to die for. <laughs> Like that is, that makes it a powerful story. Yeah. And that's not even the whole story. That's not even the whole story. <laughs> that's not even the whole story. So he goes and he sees all the plane and it's, and then the guy, the guy goes to the plane and it's like, he explains to him, here's how many rounds of things. This is filled with explosives, tons right. of explosives in this plane. Right. And you're like, Oh God. Oh God. Right. Yep. So he goes around with a plane and he's shooting at Godzilla to distract him. Right. Uh, who's on land, by the way. And mm-hmm. convinces Godzilla to go back into the ocean. Lures him out. Lures him out yes. so that he can get surrounded by the boats that get this whole plan to sink him. Right? Right. Uh, and it's, it's pretty, pretty terrifying. Yeah. You know, watching it, it happen. And, and everything goes wrong. Of course. So, well, no, it goes right, except well, it's it doesn't going, it's work. Going, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like right. everything just goes, that does not work. Yeah. And it doesn't it's work. up to him to fucking follow through. Right. Right. And so like Godzilla is winding up. You can see the, like the, 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 the spines go click, click, click. And you know, he's, he's loading up the power bar. He's yeah. charging up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, this is it, dudes. <laughs> Everybody's and about dead. To, and, he, and, he, and it's crazy. Like he destroys a lot of things and it's, everything's yeah. gone. It's really gone pretty bad. Yeah. And he's about to go and loading up the power bars. And, you know, this is about the time that Eric's earthquake was in full tilt (laughs) in in, in Japan. Uh, And for those of you who missed the beginning of the podcast, Eric watched this movie in Japan during the earthquake. And uh, this was when the earthquake was happening at this moment in the film. The sense around experience. Yes. Unbelievable. And so – so yes, so that, 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 that happened. And then, and right as the power bar is about to go and he's about to let go, the sound cuts off and it's complete yep. silence. Yep. And you're like, everybody's fucked. <laughs> everybody's like, dead. Oh, that was such a great sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're just yeah. holding your breath like with everyone else. Yep. And I hit- thought the ships going under and crashing were really great. Oh, it's so fun, yeah. dude. It's so good. Yeah. It's all great. So much fun. It's a real blast. And like so they, they the, take you on such a ride. The, yes. So they've run over and he, and all of a sudden the plane comes out of nowhere and flies full tilt into Godzilla's mouth. That's about to go. Yep. It has such an abrupt smack. Yeah. <laughs> Bonk. Yeah. It's like, Bonk. Wow. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, and explodes. And this time. And this time, his whole head comes off. His head fucking yeah, flies. but it didn't regrow. And I was wondering what about it. it well, it, it's a little bit like uh, he doesn't have a brain at this point, right? Yeah, so he's like, like his, his brain is vaporized. So this yeah, time, I suppose the other one is just his jaw was gone, yeah, right? But right. And that, but when his brain's vaporized, yeah, who knows? The, the, the stem of the plant has been cut, and so yeah. like yeah, but when he falls in love, falls apart, right. into the water, and there it's, it is. Like, yeah, and you're like, oh my god, uh, and here he sacrificed himself. Yeah. Yeah. Then people from the ship say, look, they see the parachute. And, and, yeah. and it cuts it back cuts. to show. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it cuts back to the last scene where the guy's like, where the mechanic guy in there, like, let's install the bomb, blah, 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 blah. And like, the, you know, in the scene when you saw it, he's like, 
don't be a coward, right? And like you're like, meaning don't be a coward, do the right thing, fly don't this thing, pussy out. Don't, don't pussy out on this and fucking <laughs> blow up Godzilla. Do this, right. right? Don't don't do it like you did the first time. Follow through and die is what you think he said, right? But in fact, what he says is. I've installed a, uh, an ejection one, seat. No, he says this one has an ejection seat. This one has an ejection seat. Don't be a coward and die. Eject when you know the plane is going to hit because right. you have something to live for. Right. That's the That's, mechanic who didn't yes. like him. It is the, the so mechan- good. So it's, so it's beyond forgiveness. It's not just like, it's okay you didn't die. It says, like you said earlier... It's not like I have something to die for. It's I have something to live for. Right. And once you turn that, that's tears everywhere. And you can it's hear so people well crying. Done. It's so it's well so done. Good. I'm emotional just talking about it. It's so good. They, they, they pull it off so, so well. And like when you see that, like, because I mean, in any other movie, if you haven't earned that moment, it's the corniest thing in the whole wide world. Like, oh, and he lived. Don't worry. He's fine. Now, yeah. the fact that he chose this, the way, you're yeah. like. Yes. The way that's that it's what revealed, we are for. the way that it's revealed that yes. how he survived. That is, is how huge. to do it. Because yes. they actually made a point about it talking about the kamikaze planes not having ejection seats. Yes. Yes. Like right? this because is the, that was how they did those planes so that they right. wouldn't pussy out. <laughs> this is this is understanding your story because they're like because up until that moment, like everyone in the audience, including me, is thinking he has to die so that others may live right do you think that's the point when actually like, Jesus. That, like <laughs> exactly and you're like oh and it's gonna be a sad but satisfying ending and then it goes what the fuck are you talking about you have to live so that people will live yeah. <laughs> like and turns it around yeah because he's right gonna live for, he moment, live for his daughter yeah, daughter exactly. you have to you have responsibilities you can't just but go in and play the floor because it makes you look good Right, yeah, and, then the, and then of course the hook at the end of the movie, which is also like, which is basically a shot from the end of Jaws, by the way. But like this tremendous emotional moment that like perfect landing, right? And then of course for the closer is you see all the bits of Godzilla going down through the water, just like the exploded shark in Jaws, right? Right, and then one bit falls down, just like the fin in Jaws in the end of Jaws. And then you see it go, that one little bit goes blah, 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 and starts to heal, and that's the end of the movie. So you know there's gonna be my no, 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 no. There's more to it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. He runs up. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Yep, had it. Basically, he's told that that woman who. Oh he, yes, I'm sorry. How could I miss this? I forgot. Is dead. Is actually alive. Yes. Right. So yep. she was blown off screen from the explosion, but she turns out she Not survived. Killed. Yeah, and so he is. He he receives the family that he deserves, that he deserved before, right? But he didn't realize how much he deserved. That they deserve each other. He thought they all was lost, this. and when he saved himself, he was able to save his family, yes. and, including yeah. the girl. And the, like he's he is rewarded with the life that he already had, but didn't realize the value of. Right, and that is the recognition that he is like him realizing that means he gets it all back. Right. And like, that's, that's just terrific fucking storytelling. That's earned. Like, the thing is, like, corny is corny when you don't know why you're doing that. Sure. Like, and, uh, but when you do it right, that's the thing that everyone wants to see. And I swear to God, there was a dude right behind me who was sobbing. He was a 58 year old man and he was sobbing 
in the end of this movie. I was like, Godzilla movie makes you cry. He's with his family and he's crying. I mean, like the kids are like, oh, it was great. And the guy's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's fucking good film. You know what's dude. funny is that there was a guy sitting next to us that was snoring. No, no, sorry. Oh, good. <laughs> that's too bad. That's and during too bad. the quiet scene where everyone's like, hush, you hear this guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not for everybody. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. If you if you can if you can make a grown middle aged man cry in the theater with his family with a Godzilla movie, you have done it right. <laughs> yeah, they did it right. They did it right. Yeah, Holy it was really smokes. good. But yeah, what a what a good movie. What a good movie. That was such a nice surprise. Like I knew I knew it was gonna be fun, but I was like. That is fucking, that's, that's, that's a gold standard on so many levels of production, of storytelling, of franchise, but of everything. Just, it's not hard. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not it's just trying, being honest. I'm not trying, it's, I'm not trying to diminish how good this movie is, but it's, it shouldn't, it, if it shouldn't be so rare. It shouldn't be so rare and it shouldn't be so hard because that movie also, by the way, I'm not, we're not talking about some complicated artsy movie. We're talking about no, a this perfect, is a crowd pleasing, crowd pleasing film. Yes. And in Japanese, yep. yeah, <laughs> and it was just, still was in droves. Absolutely. People went to go see this film. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the subtitles that, weren't too, like it wasn't too much dialogue. Yeah. It's very simple. You know what I mean? Like this is, this so is like good. an a, just like Jaws, this is an A number one popcorn entertainment machine. That right? came out of nowhere. They just came out of nowhere. Like yeah. you're just like, all you gotta do is do it right. Like, like you, like when you, you look think at it's a, just, there's just a machine that's built and it's changing. Well, you, you, yeah. <laughs> these cogs are moving and things like that can't get in. Yeah. To to move or be part or jump onto the conveyor belt, so it's these yeah. outliers that are just kind of popping up, saying, "Whoa, wait." Well, I think it's the like we've talked about on the show before. It's the like the thing really? that produces Star Wars is the failure of the studios. Like Star Wars is it comes up because it's it's desperately needed by the time it happens, you and they in will seventy seven in the se- yeah in seventy seven like because like if you don't have the studio crisis of the late sixties, right? You don't get star Wars. Like studios were in fucking terrible shape. Studios are now in terrible shape. Like what is like Disney? Disney's like, what the fuck do we do? There was something about when Disney bought star Wars franchise and everything. It was almost like it was so easy. It's like, it's buying like the five night five knife set, you know, and with a wood yeah. block. It's like it's right. all the knives I want in one. And it's yeah. like there's not really anything imaginative about it. It's just we'll yeah. throw a lot of money and just yeah. buy it. I, I bought I bought the magic bean machine. Is what they is what they thought they bought. You know, it's like when when uh, you know uh, I'm gonna go and buy this visual effects company. But and there was just, a point doing, like, where studios created stuff from scratch. Mm-hmm. It always comes around again. You know, it always comes around. You like you have studio like studios. The one sign too is um, I find Yellowstone is something that is just like came you know built from the uh, ground and, up and it turned into a monster franchise. That's right. Yeah, like a like there's like what seven shows that are all connected yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, exactly. 1883, 1886, yep. 1895, 1897, 
1973. The guy who does all those shows, he owns all the land and making a shit ton of money. Ton of money, rent yeah, it yeah, out for land. Yeah, that guy. That guy's a great writer. It's Tyler Sheridan. He's a great writer. He wrote uh, Sicario. He wrote uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh shit! What's the movie? A really good movie. Um, but anyway, like he's and he also directed, wrote and directed Wind River, which is really good. Like he's he's very very talented. Really really talented guy. But like that, there's a there's a niche, and he filled it. Like that's yeah. that's what it is, and and something like Godzilla, like Godzilla minus one, I totally agree with you guys. Like it's going to be totally misinterpreted by American studios, one hundred percent. Like there's no way they're going to learn any valuable lesson from that thing at all. You I, know, I don't know. I think you know. No, they're going to say not, lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh yeah. no. Well, they're not. They're they're going to. I think they're going to know. That it's special and that it's good. They're just not mm-hmm. going to know how to replicate it. That's what no, I mean. No, they're not going to how to replicate it, but their answer will be like Titanic answer. It's lightning in a bottle. Right. Okay. But they, so they'll just write it off like, well, it just kind of happened. Well, yeah, because like in, in, in video games, for instance, like that game I talked about earlier, uh, indie game called Baldur's Gate three, right? Which is a uh, game of the year, giant success, uh, loads of money. Like, uh, other video game companies were complaining um, because they're just like, well, you can't expect all video games to be like that. You know, like they're like, what good. <laughs> <laughs> I can expect video games that cost $70 to be good. Actually I can. That's absolutely yeah. my right. If I'm going to spend 70 bucks, try to make a great game. That's what you should do. You know, like, yes, Baldur's Gate three is an outlier in terms of like, they spend an enormous amount of many, many years and lots and lots of time constructing that. But they had a qualitative bar in mind in terms of their story and gameplay that everybody else has been very lax about. And you've been more than willing to churn out the fucking, you know, the paste and let people pay 70 bucks. Like, that's why you got beat, is they made something that's worth 70 bucks. That's it. And yeah. Godzilla Minus One is doing well. Because it's good. That's yeah. the lesson to be learned. And the less money you spend on, on quality, the I think more Eric money you kind of nailed it when people started to th- see things as commodity, right? Yes. yes. And I, and the word that they used instead of commodity, which I know is a word that we all hate, is content. content. <laughs> That's and it. Content. They, yeah. And you're absolutely right. If you treat it like Just, a commodity and like content, how many contents do you have? Yeah, exactly, dude. If you like, if I, I wonder if there's a uh, Google uh, plugin like for uh, for Chrome that can change the word and, content uh, to honestly, toothpaste. I know a guy. <laughs> I used to sleep on his couch in the 90s. I still know him. He started a studio. He's one of the big players now in town. But he. Brilliant guy, super rich, but he's a business guy that thinks like that. I just sell him. Yep. It's yep. product. It's and I understand it's that. Toothpaste. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you take Pardon? him and you multiply that by a thousand, that's mm-hmm. who's running. It's that's great to have account. him, but yep. there's nobody like you, Dan, there used that to be, shares they, an office with him. Yeah, yeah. There used to be people that were hired by the studios. Not his that fault. That would look mm-hmm. for scripts and say, this is going to make a great movie. And they yeah, would yeah. option those movies. And those people were actual filmmakers or people with creative and those, and those people were called tokatsus. 
<laughs> and, and they were basically breaded went, pork and, and some yeah, good noodles, and it, they, yeah. they were the ones that put the bread around the pork. That's it. Meaning that's this it. good the script. Is, that's what it meant. Yeah, <laughs> we need but, more pork bread. They, they, those those True people story. lost their jobs to to uh, uh, lawyers. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Harvard MBAs. I mean, like that's that's who runs studios. As right. opposed to like when you look back at uh, Ra- uh, Easy Riders, Ra- Raging Bulls, like the great studio producers there were fucking maniacs they're artistic maniacs they're just like we Erwin like on, winkler yeah like yeah exactly uh zanuck you know like these guys uh like these guys like they were there to make great movies and they took giant risks like they they knew how the business worked they knew it was a business but they knew how the business worked you know and when you when you replace guys like that with uh with uh people that are really good at like whatever uh managing your uh, uh portfolio <laughs> like it's not gonna work the same way but like, you see a lot of there are tech companies now i know that apple just buys big companies mm-hmm. and then they put no. it under what well they do and they don't you know they're in trouble now with the whole apple watch thing right i know oh, no. but they they bought a lot of the the phone scan technology they just bought an israeli company that sure. pioneered it and they would just buy it rather than develop it. And so right. they just kind of swallowed up things and said, like Star Wars, and we'll just do it. And that's smart. But I think possibly what I'm trying to say is that the studios maybe borrowed from the tech model. Yeah. Oh, right. When they, they just sh- bought Marvel and bought Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. where yeah. they shouldn't have. It It, right. it, it had been so top-heavy. Right. It's like they just, you know, we'll buy it and make it ours and blah, 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 and sell it. Because, and, like, say if you're a if you're a a great art dealer, right? It's because you understand uh, what you're buying, and you understand the market. It's like being a great publisher or something like this, where you're just like, it's not that I'm just like I'm not. It's not a machine that I'm operating here. I have to have great taste. Like I'm laying bets on things that I know are good, not things that check boxes, like. And which is also true for, say, gambling. Like, great poker players are artists. Like, they understand what is happening in the game. Like, it's not simply percentages. It's understanding the people that you're playing with, right? And having the ability to look at a work of art and go, if we pitch this right, that's going to be a fucking crazy home run, right? If we if we put this in the right context, people are going to understand how great this is and it's going to make a lot of money, is going to make you money. That's a good bet, right? And you can put your chips forward on that stuff if you have taste and if you are willing to risk your uh, taste, uh, like your, uh, like let's say, like I have great taste, I'm willing to lay a big bet on that. Like then Daniel Negreanu, like you know then you're doing it, it right. Do no, you know Daniel Negreanu is no. Oh, look him up on uh, on YouTube. He is one of the greatest poker readers of all time. He can look at someone, yeah, sure. just look at that, and he'll and just get he'll it. Call your cards, and it's like, right. what the fuck? <laughs> it's like a ma- it's like a magic trick, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, or if you watch like uh, the story of uh, like um, uh, it's based on a real guy, but De Niro's character in Casino. You know, it's just like oh, right. he like he gets it. He know he like he 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 knows how he, like he gets all the information. He's processing. He's thinking about it like this horse because of this history and blah blah blah. He knows what the bet is he's making. Like and it's and it's based on real talent and understanding of his own that is making him the the huge money. 
Like that's why he's a magic unicorn, right? And great studio producers are magic unicorns. They're artists themselves. You know, they are artists at understanding what is going to fucking work, you know, seeing the value of that art and putting that into, uh, putting that into practice is what your job is. It's not something that can be done by an automated teller, which is what most studio people are. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's why Disney fell on its face. They don't have, they don't have someone there identifying great art. They're just do like, you think they're going to get out of this hole? Sure. They have the money. They can, they can last it out I until they get something good. What do you think I of think that? It's going to be a while before they get out of it because they haven't fucking figured out what the hell they did wrong. And they, 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 they thought that, oh, we're going to bring Iger back and it's going to solve everything. Yeah, that's going to solve the working. problems. Yeah. So unless they get another, someone to replace Iger. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Or unless Iger figures it out and said, oh, fuck, you know, he, well, he started changing things, but it's, maybe it's too late. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But you need, like, they need a Robert Evans, you know, that's right. what they need, you know? And like, that's Robert Evans fucking, he was a crazy weirdo, you know? Yeah, but he, he was. But he, but he knew a good bet, man. Like, he's like, put the money down on Chinatown. That's going to do it. You know, like, that's, this is how you make money. You know, and, uh, and Disney is like, I mean, even like, I think you're right. When, when they bought Star Wars for what, 4 billion, like, that's when you know they're going to lose 4 billion because they think that Star Wars is the magic bean machine. It's already made. It's already done. Right. Let's just sell it and repackage it. Yeah. Yeah, like when you make a decision like that, like that car is going to win me the race. Nope. It's the driver that won you the race. Yeah. But uh, they're not. Yeah. But so many people that we thought had talent didn't or fucked it up, right? Fucked it up. Yeah. Right. Like, like, I, Kathleen Kennedy seemed like a really smart producer. She, I mean, she largely is. She largely, I think think she's very, very good. And then the same thing with Kevin Feige, right? Right. I mean, Feige got it right for a long, good, good long time, but he didn't know what was the he stretched game... too thin. Yeah. I think that like, once you get into There's once a time get... shelf life on all this type of work. Yeah. Like, like getting the temperature of the room and trying to put out stuff. There is. Yeah. And I think that like, Feige, like after, uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, the, the probably should have gone. Thank you, everybody. My magic production. It's literally called the end game for God's sake. That sense. is it. Exactly. Right. Ta-da. Like, take your bow, walk off stage. You'll be a legend forever. Like, that's it. And he was, he could have been, he could have been thought of that way. But I like to think that the temptation, especially going forward with like, oh, well, you know, like lots of people with streaming and like, maybe we can make a shitload of shows and COVID and everyone's watched TV. Like, you see a possibility for a new model that maybe you can, you can wrangle it. You know, maybe you can pull it off. And, uh, maybe there's a, there, maybe, maybe you can get another, you know, maybe there's a, there's a, um, uh, a sequel for you in that, in your action and, uh, maybe it'll work. So I understand you want to try and figure it out again, but you should have figured it out with something else. Yeah. It's tough know. times right now. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it. But I, I mean, know, I, you know, like, I think that, it, I think that there's ways of telling stories that, that could be 
better <laughs> and cheaper and cheaper <laughs> way cheaper yeah right? the numbers on this are just so crazy yeah when you think about it that it's just it's kind embarrassing of, it's an embarrassment yeah. yep yeah it's, like, it's is, like it's like that the fucking jamaican bobsled team beating the canadians or whatever yeah, absolutely you know what I mean? man exactly the, I mean, the like, other thing too is they were outside of the system and that is a big thing. Just you look like at the, the Korean bobsled team. Yeah, you could yeah. not get a Disney in... movie. Yeah, that's right. Cool running, <laughs> seen a million times. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, but yeah, the uh, but yeah, like you're right, because like there's no way to get Godzilla minus one made as an American Godzilla movie in the current system. Like no. it's totally impossible. Totally impossible. You you got you're like well no we have the woman from Stranger Things she's got to be in it we have to have the other guy yeah. he's really funny and that's a, like it's a four quadrant picture we have to have lots of special effects. Yeah, you know. somebody would fuck it up, and they yep. will have power and make it happen, and they'll yep. destroy it. Yeah, that's it. That's and it. They do have little moments. I'm not saying they're huge successes, but there's definitely glimpses of it. And I'm just going to give you one example. I'm not saying it's anywhere near as good as Godzilla minus one, mm-hmm. but if you look at <laughs> the the first uh, uh, Jumanji with the rock, <laughs> sure. yeah, right, 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 right. That's the second Jumanji. Yeah, that's the well, re- technically that's the, re- it's the yeah. second one. You're right, yeah. but the you know. It was, so good. I love that film. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, fun so movie. great. Fun movie. Definitely. Because the they, they can do great. it. Yeah. You know, they know how to make a good movie. Kevin Hart's doesn't, hilarious. Yeah. It doesn't have to be fucking gone with the wind. You can do it right. You can just, yeah. It's just a good, fun movie. Yeah. That had a bunch of visual, visual effects and it was a franchise. Sure. So it works. But it was yeah. also, you know, it was expensive, but it wasn't crazy, crazy expensive. It wasn't crazy. Like, expensive. It, it was, a, that was a good mid budget bet. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a responsible studio thing to do. And the thing is, you have to give uh, credit to studios for like you know, Barbenheimer was extremely well packaged. Like that's a real marketing. Well, event. that was like the they Barbenheimer did that, effect was uh, the started by the crowd, right? Yeah, like the they audience really, created. But that she's franchise. so talented. Oh, she's yeah, great. but My but gosh, it really great. got helped by Oppenheimer and Barbie helped each other. Absolutely, and, but but like once they saw that it was happening, they they. They, they played it. They yeah. leaned in hard, and it was very smart. I mean, when fucking Oppenheimer, which is a great movie, legitimate great movie, but a three-hour-long biopic about a physicist makes nearly a billion dollars, you've yeah. done something correctly. <laughs> like, that's pretty good. You that's know what they did good. correctly? They didn't use any visual effects. No visual effects. No Can you CGI. believe that? No CGI. So amazing. That's what Nolan <laughs> delivers right there. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't lean on CGI. Authenticity. Authenticity. Yeah, the way guy. he intended. Yeah, I, I have some Peloton words for him. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Chris Nolan. I love your movies. You're amazing. I'm going to start is. joining Peloton so I can start yelling at Chris. Yeah, seriously, Chris that's the funniest story I've heard in so long. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's 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 the thing, dude. I mean, like, I, I really, do, I really, I really do love his movie. Especially, like, I didn't love his movies to start with, but I really do love his movies now. And I thought Oppenheimer was terrific. But yeah, I think that he should take the lead in saying, I use shitloads of CGI. I just use it right. Yeah. <laughs> like, be brave and take that credit. Like, I think that's the way to go. Like Ridley Scott tried to say. Jason, and then, Jason put in our, in, our, in our YouTube chat, he put down electrons, protons, and pelotons. Peloton. That's right. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, I tell you, so the studios aren't completely moronic. It's just when it comes to the the big franchise stuff, because Oppenheimer is not a franchise. 
I think they know that it's a success and I think they know, and like you said, Eric, maybe they just write it off as lightning in a bottle because they can't quantify it. They need something to quantify. They have to go to the office and say, here's a chart why this movie is going to succeed. Right. And they, you can't, you, you can't go to an office in Hollywood with Godzilla minus one and a chart and say, this is why it's going to succeed. That's right. No. You can't do that. No way. Zero. No way to predict that. Like yeah. there's a, there's a way to predict that if you know what a good movie is, right? Like if you're, if you, if you're Robert Evans, you look at that and go like, I'm going to bet on that horse. That looks like a, a good horse. Yeah. But you know? that's, you gotta have a Robert Evans, right? You gotta have Robert Evans. <laughs> right. And, and the thing's like, whatever Robert says, because he just makes his money. Yeah. And the thing right? is like, you like Robert Evans, you're like, not you, going to look at Zaslov and say, you know what I bet on? Right. Fucking makeover asshole. house five. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. House flippers four. Like, I mean, the the thing is <laughs> that like, Robert Evans. Like, you can grow a Robert Evans. Like, you can like you can uh-huh. create a cult. Uh, uh, yeah, it's true. Like Godzilla, but the uh, like you can you can um, uh, cultivate a culture of filmmaking that produces a Robert Evans within yes. your company. Right. That is absolutely possible. And, uh, but you need to focus on doing that. Like you really have to understand what you're doing. And I think that like Kathleen Kennedy has a lot of those traits. She's more of a business person than a Robert Evans, but like, um, but she had a, a decent idea of what was going on for a long time, but she started to get high on her own supply. And I think I don't think she got high on her own supply. I think she was under a fuckload of pressure. And yeah, she got pulled yeah, in a bunch of directions. Yeah, and fair. I'm not making excuses for her because I think she's still, I still hold. She's, her I mean, she's yeah, she's really, but, she was really but, good for a very long. But time. But she had to, she basically had to make like five TV shows and two, three movies all at once. And yeah. you can't, you only you really don't can do, do one Star Wars at a time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And and also, there was this mentality in this, especially in the later Star Wars films, of like. Just fan favorite, fan favorite, fan That's favorite right. because well, of the yeah. Comic Con problems we have. Yes. Yeah. Like she's, right. she's trying to run, like she's trying to break an unbreakable horse with that thing, you know? And like, I think that, uh, like she, it was sort of a novel. She came up with a sort of novel solution. It just doesn't work long term, which is like, what if we have a, what if we build a franchise around a, a permanent, unchanging character? Which is what fans think they want. Maybe, maybe that'll work. Maybe like we'll just pre-build an action figure and have that be the story. I also think they basically built the whole. They they built scripts around the same fucking narrative, the same structure, the yeah, hero's same. journey. Yeah, but the, the thing is, man, like Godzilla is also a hero's journey. It's I just that it does it right. <laughs> but that's like the they problem, do it wrong. Right? That's why they, it doesn't. They, like, yes. When they do it wrong, it's bad. Well, yeah. You know? They really made evident the relatability of the characters and what mm-hmm. they yearn for. Absolutely. And a lot of the characters that you see in of these shows, they're just not relatable. They're not relatable. Well, this is, this is the thing. Is like what, the, and the way, way in they which... make things relatable now in films, I'm sorry to say it, but they add every fucking diversity. Look, there's a gay person. Look, there's an Asian person. Well, Look, there's the, a, this the reason, person. Like, they, like, <laughs> like, like, there's not, like, you can cast whoever you want and tell the story about whoever you want. That's no, fine. But, but if you the, think the priority if you, is that diversity, not the, not the character. Like, and the, and like, the, but, like yeah, yeah, like like diversity is not a problem. It's the fact that you are not thinking about storytelling right. first. Like you can cast literally anyone in these films. Like they should they should have a diverse cast and make a good movie. 
sure. like the the like the problem that they're running into is just like and I, I I'm trying to find a way to concisely say this when you like when you look at Christian fundamentalist films like which are an entire money making yes. uh, thing right like faith based filmmaking right faith based filmmaking makes a very predictable amount of money every single year because it has a dedicated audience it has a fan base of Christ right. And the, the, you make movies like God's Not Dead and all this kind of junky garbage, right? And the thing is that, like, the ideals of the story of Christ are not <clears throat> so alien that you couldn't package them into a more successful movie. But the problem they face is that they have equated telling uh, religious stories with making shitty movies. Mm. Right. And so the idea of a faith-based film means in your mind, shitty soap opera level storytelling and acting that I don't want to bother paying for. Like there are plenty of good Jesus movies. Like I, yeah. there's plenty that I love, you know, there's a last temptation of Christ. Great, great Jesus movie made by a great artist. Right. Like I'm not religious, but I love that movie. It's a great movie, um, etc. Like you could expand the audience if you were making good movies. You could actually grow your audience. But with what we are doing now, it's like you've equated these progressive ideals, which are absolutely <clears throat> terrific, like diversity, uh, um, representation. These are absolutely all great ideas. You've equated those with shitty storytelling. And so now when people see, oh, it has a diverse cast, they go, I bet it's fucking stupid. And they don't go. Like, that's not the cast's fault. That's the oh, shitty you're fucking saying, film You're making. saying that basically when I say, oh, it's got a diverse cast, it's shitty. It's like me saying it's got a bunch of CGI, it's shitty. Exactly. <laughs> exactly the same. Like, there's no reason in the world. Like, you you should be able to, yeah, like, like. There's not even a there's not even a qualitative question. Like you could have a if you had uh Ryan Coogler make an uh and uh Star Wars that is ninety eight percent African American, you'd end up and you let him write it himself and make whatever movie he wants, you'd end up with a really great fucking Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Like rep- representation or no, you'd end up with a great fucking movie because he can make great movies. Like that's it. But when you make uh, Black Widow, like it's a f- it's a terrible movie. It's not a feminist work of art. It's a terrible movie. If you want to make a f- if you want to make a feminist superhero movie, okay, go get Kelly Reichert and really make a goddamn good movie. Like that's how you do it. Then you have representation. You have a strong statement. You're really saying something. But you give me Black Widow. I'm associating like people in the Midwest who aren't. You know, sorry to pick on the Midwest, but they they watch Black Widow and go, oh, these fucking girl power films. It isn't the girl power that's the problem. It's the fucking shitty movie making that's the problem. And now those things are irrevocably intertwined in their mind. That's why even when you do it right, <laughs> it doesn't make any money. Like they've, yeah. they've spoiled their own product. That's what Disney's done. And the, which is actually kind of, which is part of what the reason why the new Indiana Jones uh, flopped is because that's a pretty good movie and it's got um uh fleabag what's her name 
And like I was Waller, what, what, Phoebe Wallerbridge, who is a terrific actor and a great writer, right? Oh, love her. And wait, when I saw the initial ads, my reaction was, oh Christ! They've even gotten Phoebe Wallerbridge to do this sort of like she's more badass than Indiana Jones, and here comes a flawless character that usurps his uh, his logo font, and that's what we're gonna get. Like, and I I openly complained about that. I'm just like, please don't fuck this up. And you know what? They didn't fuck it up. She's a cool character. Great relationship with Jones. Good storytelling. And I enjoyed that movie. They went after her for that. They canceled some of her future movies. Yeah. Like I, I was like, <laughs> this, this was a, it turns out this was a really good idea and a pretty good movie. Right. But many people didn't see it because they were like, I can't put up with another storyless piece of garbage like Black Widow or the new Star Wars films or any of that stuff. I just can't do it. And so I'm not going to spend my money on it. And I understand that. Like that's, that is the, like when, when they, when people get into the go woke, go broke business, it isn't the fucking woke part that's ruining it. It's the shitty movie making. Be as, be fucking progressive. Man, I, I am a progressive. Be as progressive as you want. I'm there for it, but stop making bad movies. You need movies where characters change and learn and do things that I care about. I think a lot of the studio heads are going to cash out soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, there's going to be room for a new generation, I think, of filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. Which is a good thing. I think we should all celebrate that. I think we yeah. should all think about the filmmakers that are coming up um, and see what they have to offer. Because right. you think of things like this movie right here, when everyone's sitting there complaining about CGI with the Oppenheimer effect and everything else, and this movie comes along... It's not because CGI. CGI did not ruin this movie, right? <laughs> right. No. No. This is this is a great movie with a really like with a really positive message, um, and uh, and delivers an incredibly good time. Mm-hmm. Like there's no there's no reason why you know uh, you can't like you can take anything that Marvel wants to make. You can take like um you know uh, Marvels or whatever the like latest bomb was and you could have made that a great movie and if you'd made it a great movie then you would have gotten you would have made an argument for all the things you want to say and that you believe in and you'd make a lot of money but you gotta make a good movie that's your responsibility but this is this is a star this is a not star this is a jaws film this is a Mm -hmm. jaws film you know i was kind of jokingly saying that uh everywhere everything everywhere everywhere Everything everywhere is kind mm-hmm. of like the easy rider. This is the Jaws. And talk and, and like talk about that. Talk about a fucking like talk about a woke masterpiece. That is it. That is that is representation of go go, like <clears throat> queer representation, female lead, uh, Asian representation, yes. everything. And yeah. the movie fucking absolutely rules. Yeah. Absolutely rules. Like that's why it blew up. It deserved it. It's incredible. <laughs> like you can't. Like, I don't give a shit who you are. You watch that movie. And you're like, ah, it was pretty good. And you might even cry in the end. I fucking cried my eyes out in that movie every time I saw it. Yeah. Especially because it deals with real issues of today. Yes. Of kids and their parents. <laughs> yeah. It's it really gets you. Like that's like if you have a message, that's being responsible to the message. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's irresponsible to say we're making a feminist movie and then make Black Widow. Like that damages 
what you're trying to promote. It damages feminism. It damages <laughs> feminism. <laughs> Who the fuck wants to pay for this? This yeah. is feminism? Yeah. You know, whereas like where uh, like a movie that I really that I really liked is um uh uh, uh Black Panther, Black, uh, Ryan Coogler's movie. Right. Like which has incredible social critique and it's a good fucking action adventure. Like, sure. like that's the a spidey verse. That's awesome. Too. And spider verse another. And like th- th- those movies are like, I mean, talk about like that is this, that is this woke, progressive, crazy left wing crackpot stuff that I sling all the time that I love. And it's unbelievably beautiful, vivid and exciting. But you see, but also that's interesting, right? Also spider verse had a, obviously a look to it. It was just, just, it's Perfect. a knockout. These are works of art. But Black Panther had terrible visual effects. <laughs> it did. But it also made a shitload of money. But, right? it, but it, because it wasn't because of visual effects, it made a shitload of money because it was a good story. Right? It's, it's a good it's, fucking again, story. It yeah. this thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so it's not like, ah, it's bad visual effects, whatever. It's like, it's, it, that's kind of what's interesting about how. Yeah. Because how you that, because I, I can't, like, I, I feel, I, when I see the bullshit go woke, go, go broke stuff, I'm just like, this, I can't fault me and like, hey man, they're morons, you know, like you can't help them. They, they're dumb. They, this is how they think. However, you're not doing anyone any favors by giving them fuel like Black Widow. Like that's, this is what you're doing wrong. Like, like you want to make your argument, make it, make it well and make it undefeatable. Like, like Spider-Verse. Like I, I came out of that. I came out of both of those movies like breathless. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, that's like nothing I've ever seen before. You know? Give me that yeah. stuff. You know, like, give me that stuff. Yeah. Oh, you got muted, Eric. You muted yourself, Eric. Eric, we can't hear you. Can you hear him? I don't know. I can't, can't, Eric, Eric, can you hear us? Can you hear you us? Muted. Yeah, you, you hit the mute button on your mic. We don't hear you. Nope. 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 Nothing. Nope. Hear me? There. Oh, it's coming back. It's coming now. back. There you yeah. go. Nice. Very quiet. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? You're out of sync. How about now? Weirdly out of sync. That's bizarre. Yeah, very out of sync. Strange. I think you're speaking from the future. <laughs> Am I out of sync now? 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 Yes. Totally. Yes, yes, totally. Yes. It's very weird to look. I can't look at you. It's too bizarre. Basically, you're talking when your lips are, are 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 not moving and not talking when your lips are moving. Yeah. It's very strange. There's a quantum entanglement problem. Yeah. It's a quantum entanglement. All right. <laughs> well, hopefully, it's... you know why? I think my... Uh... Oh, now you're syncing up. Yeah, it is. It's catching up slowly. How about now? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Still very quiet, but we're going to let it go. We're at kind of the end anyway. Yep. And Eric, yep. you must be exhausted, so I really don't want to keep you up too much later. Yes. <laughs> but I was going to quickly say, I, I kind of come up with some ideas for Marvel where what if they the whole action sequences take place in like this blue screened world that you don't actually have to do any green screen or blue screen. <laughs> that's like, incredible. Yes. That's the world. They're it going turns into. out when you're in the quantum realm, everything is green. <laughs> and blue and green. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. It could work. I think it that's could it. Work. Studios it will could, love that. We saved money. Just might work. <laughs> so, plus little, to minus and minus and plus. Yes, exactly. There it is. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much ladies. for joining us. We, I can't believe we did a full uh, three hours, and we only basically talked about Godzilla minus one for about thirty-five minutes. But we That's talked okay. about the film Go industry the movie, for most great. of the time. <laughs> I still think it is an absolute. It's you know, this is when I saw this movie, I was like, this movie is the epitome of everything that's right and everything that's wrong with the industry. Like it's really sort of showcases yes. the filmmaking and, and where we are now. And, and so I'm very, very impressed with what, what we saw. So yeah, it's a, it's a ray of light in a, uh, in the darkness of franchise media. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think you're right, Eric. It's like people say it's lightning in a bottle. I, but I think it's more than lightning in a bottle. I think we can all learn a lesson here. Yep, yep, 100%. Be a Play. good writer. <laughs> yep, be a good, make, make a good, here, it's like uh, Steve Martin talking about how to be a millionaire. First, get a million dollars. I love that. <laughs> Step one, collect underwear. Step three, profit. <laughs> profit. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you so Thank much for joining us. The, the log off? Yeah, you ready oh, to yes. do this? Drink it. Talk. Drink. Drink.